stuff and that's all fine and Danny we'll, we'll get into all that eventually and I know you guys have a lot of questions and we're going to tear this up I have I have I have hiding here for you guys a 10 page manual that Jody's going to post up here in a minute that you guys can start looking at while I talk about a few things um there's some scary stuff in here um but you know what it's nothing that you haven't seen in my documents already but this time I'm actually going to go and put a little bit of uh, explanation to some of these things that we'll be posting up here. And again, it's just simple definitions of words and a few concepts using these words to kind of give the, the newcomers here to equity and redemption, just a better, quicker picture of what's truly going on here. So from so, there, sorry. Yeah. So on that note, um, we want to just ask that you guys don't ask individual court questions. Okay. So if you are pending a court case, we did do a question and answer on that. We can arrange uh, for you to, to deal with um, Darren privately, but this is just not the venue for it. So please be respectful of that. We're trying not to do individual. We're trying to really do the masses here. So if you can uh, create that space again for us, we would appreciate it. Um, we are going to be doing an advanced question and answer with Darren um, on Tuesday. Uh, that'll be Monday, the 23rd at 7 p.m. So Tuesday. if, or sorry, Tuesday. So if you guys are feeling like you're ready for the next step and ready to uh, kind of really put your teeth into this and understand this a bit more, Darren will be offering that. And uh, it'll be posted again on our, our website as well as our Facebook page for the event. Uh, details. So what we're going to do, just to give you guys a little bit of an overview, um, what Darren is going to do is he's going to help you guys understand a little bit more about what happened when, with your birth certificate. So he's going to start right at the beginning. He's going to take you really through baby steps so we can really dumb him down. Like I mentioned, this is, this is a language all on its own. I've been doing this almost six weeks and I'm still trying to wrap my brain around it. I would still consider myself a newbie. So I'm very much in your boat. I'm going to help you guys uh, break this down if, if you don't understand it and answer questions that you guys are, are putting into the chat feature. So we're going to talk about a brief overview. We're going to do a question and answer based on that. Then like Darren mentioned, I mean, he printed off an enormous amount of information. So it lets you know how much we can teach you guys. If we don't get through everything, we'll certainly uh, throw another one of these for sure. But he'll go through some word definitions to help you guys understand, understand things such as person, uh, protected purchaser, uh, financial asset, these kinds of things. Okay, so that you start putting a little bit of a meaning to the, the words. We'll do another question and answer, and uh, then he'll go back to this a little bit, and then we'll wrap up with some final questions. So we're thinking this is probably going to go a couple hours. I don't know if you guys have watched any of our videos. A lot of people say it's a bit of a time warp because you're just downloaded with so much information that the time just flies. So uh, nonetheless, we're going to answer as many as possible. And with that, we're going to get started. So Darren, if you want to just introduce, first of all, our loved ones and our newbies here to the concept of equity and exactly what this is all about. Sure. So... Really, uh, we, let's just skip right to the birth event itself. What has really happened here, unbeknownst to any of us, again, keep in mind, none of this stuff was ever taught in any public school system. You wouldn't go just to your local library and pull out a book and find any information on this kind of stuff. No, this, this was something that was, you might want to even consider this to be sacred knowledge. They kind of hid this in a, moment, in, a, in a momentous event based on a couple of world wars, and a famine or two or a drought or two here and there and they and and nefarious entities really took control of the commercial system that we know out there um, they gave the man and woman something called a birth certificate in exchange for something else now by exchange what i'm really saying is that that birth certificate looked considered to be either a curse or a blessing we used it when we were about 14 or 15 or 16 years old in one particular manner 
we didn't understand or we didn't realize that there was an option that we could have used that certificate for. So anyway, back to the birth event itself, mom and dad show up, an event in time and history happens. Something is birthed into the world or something is created as a product of conception. Two parties get together and bear fruit is essentially what's going on. So the fruit of this contract, and usually that's why they really want you to be married before offspring or fruit are created. This just actually makes the legal system a little bit easier to work with for them. So the baby enters the world, an event is written down on paper, it's put into a vault and it's basically protected. It's, it's, it's held there, it's, it's, it's nurtured, it's, it's maintained. It's, you know, someone comes along and blows the dust off of these things every once in a while. But ultimately about two weeks to a month later, or nowadays, sometimes it's even the same day, something comes to the mail after mom and dad fill out some paperwork at the hospital. This little certificate that comes in the mail again says that on such and such a date, such and such an event happened, and we're gonna give it a special little registration number. And then we're gonna mail it to you for your use. Although we're gonna warn you up front, and they actually used to write this right on the certificate itself, do not use as personal identification. And yet I, I remember seeing a birth certificate of mine that actually had that on it. And I remember even back in the day before Dean and I were doing any of this stuff, I was even intelligent enough to know back then, hey, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. And yet it's government issued. And yet every, and everybody else is doing it. So, you know, that, that consensus of the sheep or the cattle mentality takes over and nobody questions this stuff. Why? Because nobody had any answers. That's why it, it was kind of a, a very ambiguous thing that nobody really knew what was going on with it. Again, two world wars and a drought really had the public's attention. All this stuff was done like on a long weekend before Christmas when most of Congress was gone. Uh, a lot of little kind of weird nefarious things were happening in the background. But anyway, so this event is recorded on paper. We could have exercised two options in dealing with this thing. And unfortunately, due to our ignorance of, uh, you know, the law and contract law and the way the parliaments work and the monarchy system and you know the list goes on as to where the history of all this stuff really comes from and and guys i mean i know a lot of you would probably you know um, already know this but this stuff goes all the way back to you know babylon and egypt and we probably even before that because where did they get it from you know there's some pretty interesting historical events here going on that just really makes you want to open your eyes open your crown chakra and let some new energies in here and again the fact that having the open mind is probably the most critical component that i need or that our team needs, Dean included, and all the all the spiritual leaders as of late. If you're not teachable, what can we do for you? That's the biggest problem that a, a, someone like us would have trying to convey information. It's actually, believe it or not, it's actually a little bit easier to deal with someone who has an open mind versus someone like Dean, who's been doing this for 25 years. I mean, that would probably be an awesome video where Dean and I just argued about stuff. <laughs> That would that would I see that as a future video. Yeah, like it would be sure. that would that one would be awesome. But point <laughs> point is, um, we didn't understand the language that they gave us. They gave us a dumbed down version of history. We were up against an incredible beast that nobody really knew what was going on. You couldn't quite taste it, see it, smell it, touch it. Just like in the Matrix movies, you know, Morpheus was very accurate the way he described it. Very very accurate. And so now we're in a position where, hey, we're 15, 16 years old. I'm holding this piece of paper. My mom and dad just handed it to me and said, here, go use this to go get a national security number or a social insurance number or a social security number. Mom and dad didn't say why. They just said, here, go do that. And I remember the last time I lipped off to my dad when I was 14 or 15, I, you know, I would have, you know, 
I, I chose not to do that a whole lot unless I absolutely had to. And I remember the day that he yelled at me to go down and, and, and get that social insurance number application. I remember that incredible, crazy butterfly feeling in my stomach, like I'm about to make a huge mistake, but I didn't know what was going on. So we show up at the social insurance number place or the people, that department to deal with this particular event. So when we take this registrated, uh, registrated event, um, signifying a number, this little thing actually evidences a corporation. And a corporation actually ties into the word person. So if Jody wanted to just go on to this little um, uh, kind of a manual thing here that we got going, I'm thinking it's on page three. Is it? Uh, Okay, sorry, it's page two, right above the middle. So there you go. So if you want to just take a quick look at, at, at what person means here. Um, okay, so we're talking about an individual, including an individual in his or her capacity as a trustee. <laughs> okay, based in trust law, I actually don't even need to read the rest of that definition. As soon as you see the word trustee, you don't want to be one. The person also goes on to explain that it's a, it's a, it's a corporation. It's a, it's a fictitious thing. It's like a, it's literally a piece of paper. It doesn't exist. It doesn't breathe. It doesn't cry. It doesn't have emotions. This thing is dead on paper. It actually means very little, but when we pick it up and we identify as it, or we start running around saying, yeah, this is me officer, or yes, this is me, your honor. I'm assuming, or I'm admitting to be liable for this little piece of paper. Again, this is why a police officer asks you at the side of the road. He pulls, yes, you for your driver's license. And as soon as you pull it out and you hand it to him, he asks you, is this you? And your response is usually, well, yes, it is. What you just did there by saying, yes, it is, is incredibly bad. You just admitted to being a plastic piece of plastic and paper stuffed in the middle here or, or however they're designing and generating these certificates nowadays. Point being is that you're not a piece of plastic. When the officer asks you, is this you? You might want to think of about 25,000 other things to say other than, yes, that's me. We'll go into some of those other things that you might want to say a little bit later. But anyway, person here, uh, again, is this is one of the fundamental core words that started this whole truth movement back in the day, 15 years ago or whatever, when people really started to understand what person really meant. We had no idea. And this is totally supported in scripture when the Bible, where at least in two incidences, it talks about God not being a respecter of persons, which means the creator has no respect for persons. God didn't create persons. Man and women did. So the creation and those graven images that now result from saying, yes, this is me, we're actually breaking the first commandment. And that leads to a whole world of trouble for the rest of our life. And nobody even knew what was happening. Now, People might say, well, I don't believe in God and the scriptures and all that stuff. I, you know, that's all fine and dandy. That's personal opinion. However, the entire legal system does. So if you don't believe in God and the Bible, you must believe in the legal system. Otherwise, where are you in your world, your life? So if you believe in the legal system, ironically, the entire legal system is reverse engineered from the Bible. That's where this all came from over the course of history here. It's, it's an incredible historical chain of events that's just mind-blowing when you start digging into it. And I, you know, we really hope that people do actually take the initiative here and do some digging and some research and stuff because it really is an, an, an incredible journey. So moving on from person, um, 
once you identify as this corporation and you go register your interests as being that corporation with people like the tax man, that event, that admission of being liable, yes, I'm the person, that just set the stage in a contractual obligation where you promise to be liable and pay the debts of that little piece of plastic or paper. Again, we didn't know we had a second option. What is the second option? The second option was we would say, hey, this name, this, this registration number doesn't belong to me but I'm actually gonna do something to it. I'm gonna negotiate it because the thing's in my possession. They sent it to my parents when I was a week or three old. They held onto it for me until I was almost the age of majority. So then I could go down and negotiate this thing on its behalf. Unbeknownst to me, I didn't know what I was doing and neither did any of you, guarantee it. None of you guys knew what you were doing when you were 15. It's taken us 40 years to figure out what this stuff all means and we're just kind of all figuring it out now. So this is why equity now comes to your rescue and says, hey, you kind of got screwed over when you were 16. You had no idea what the Vatican had planned for you or the Jesuits had planned for you in the background through all this crazy commercial obligation stuff going on. You had no idea that under the terms and conditions of a mortgage that you just now pledged the rest of your life to pay those debts to a corporation that's out of control, absolutely out of control. Everyone feels that this whole, this whole, uh, environment is tainted. It's filthy. There's something really disgusting about the whole thing, but nobody's really been able to put their finger on it except for the last, say, 15 to 20 years. And again, Dean and I aren't the only ones that were um, the, the major influencers here. There was, there was, there, you know, there's been a handful uh, of incredible people that have really helped to push all this stuff forward to, the, to where it is today. And again, Dean and I are very appreciative in our team of all of everybody's efforts and stuff moving forward. Um, so when the newbies come in here nowadays, or like for this particular chat right now, do not think for a moment that you are way behind the time curve or, or you've got so much work to do that, you, okay, well, yeah you, yeah, 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 you don't need to feel overwhelmed. Why? Because you're actually getting the best of the best knowledge, the best of the best paperwork, all the blood, sweat, and tears that all of us have put into this for the last, you know, ridiculous amount of effort and sacrifice. You guys are getting the best of the best right here, right now, which means, again, as proven here lately by some of our loved ones that are able to just roll into court with four to six weeks worth of kind of getting their heads wrapped around this stuff. They're actually having some incredible results happen um, where the judges are actually starting to be very accepting. Uh, and although not initially, because they actually have to maintain a public illusion, the judges have to say, rah, 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 I'm not listening to your stuff and you have, your claims have no legal basis and I'm going to throw out your motion and this, I'm going to arrest you if you don't identify as this birth certificate. You know, they are, they act in a threatening manner. Why? Because the record hasn't technically been corrected yet. So the judge is only able really to operate on what the record reads. And when you show up to court and it shows that you have abandoned all of your equitable interests. You haven't assigned anything to the proper party. You've literally just been deemed lost at sea and likely never to return. That's actually a material fact. So when we kind of, like I was saying the other night, when we kind of sneak attack the judge by just showing up at the last minute with some incredibly powerful documents, with some incredible power behind them, that actually puts the judge in the hot seat, like to the point where I kind of feel bad about the judges for what they have to do there. You know, Dean would definitely disagree with that statement, but the point is we want to make the judges our friends. They become our advocate. They actually are 
paid when they start to administrate our trusts and our life estates for us afterwards. So they're not too impressed when we show up at the last minute and throw all this stuff into a public venue. Why? Because we're doing private stuff. Private stuff and public stuff actually do not mix whatsoever. There's only a couple of equitable things you could use or say in a public venue that actually gets you credentials or are heard. Um, the abatement is one of them that gets heard in equity, uh, sorry, in, in the public law. Um, the other one is an injunction. And after that one, it gets very thin to what a judge will listen to as your equitable defenses, as you're trying to bring them in a public court. The judges don't like it. They would rather us communicate privately before your court date, get all this stuff settled beforehand. And then technically you wouldn't even have to show up on your court appearance. So again, you know, we get, we get lots of people rolling in and, oh my God, I got, I got court in 12 hours. What should I do? I know we've all been there. This has been a tough go and we we're doing the best we can. And, and again, like we have just experienced with our friends here in Australia just recently, um, they're starting to play ball. This, the system is starting to loosen up. It's actually, we're starting to be able to work with it. We're actually starting to get some fruit back. We're actually starting to get some positive uh, exchanges back and things are moving forward at an incredible rate. And again, now when, when all of um, loved ones like yourselves are going forward and, 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 and sending stuff off to a sheriff for a certain uh, requirement or you, you do send stuff to the judge for these that's you guys putting the boots on the ground is a huge thing for you guys because you get to feel it firsthand me telling stories about the stuff dean and i have done okay well that's all fine and dandy but you know what it's not really until you guys have a little victory for yourself that you truly now firmly believe it and it is sunk and it is in you now and it you it cannot be removed and all that does is motivate you to do a little bit more research, you know, have a little bit better open-minded conceptual ability to absorb this stuff. So it's all very part and parcel. And I know baby steps, baby steps for the newbies and, and the people that are just getting started. Hey, that's no problem. And don't think for a second, I don't learn stuff. Come on, every day. I got my nose buried in this stuff all day. Again, this is why I had to quit my job too. It got to the point where I couldn't do this stuff because of what I saw going on with the vid 19 stuff out there, it's like, oh no, Actually, as a matter of fact, some of you may have remembered a post that I, uh, Dean and I made about, I don't know, six, eight, ten months ago saying, okay, now that this ridiculous virus is here, we have to come back to help people again because we see where that's going. And that's why we fundamentally started to do what we did in order to stop all this stuff. So as Jody was mentioning, we got a little bit ahead of ourselves by getting this website started. And, and, and now we're just in a scramble to get all this information and all this intel and all this all these crazy experiences uploaded, but you know what? We're doing the best we can. I had to quit my job. Jody's quit her job. Our, our entire team literally is, this is all we do now for, you know, 12, 14, 16 hours a day. And when we're not doing this stuff, you know, we're still doing this stuff. You, you can't shut this stuff off. But don't get me wrong. I've never done this for um, a monetary gain. No, because I, my heart's always been get those estates liquefied, get those tangible uh, assets usable get our hands actually on those resources and those funds that we all know are hiding there in the consolidated revenue fund or the assurance fund provincially or you know even the international funds they got there's so much wealth and monetary gain back there all we had to do was figure out how to use that birth certificate properly and uh, and 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 pretty much the way I like to sum that one up is we had to learn how to perfect our interests in that security so if you want to talk Jody wants so. to say something 
for some of the newbies in the house, most of that might have been over your head. <laughs> and that's the thing about Darren. There's different phases to your understanding of this. So um, I want to actually take that and I'm going to just dumb that down just a little bit more. Okay. Because you did jump to the, the social insurance number aspect of it. I want you to kind of talk a little bit more about the birth certificate. So the child is born, the parents fill out the paperwork. They take this and they submit it. Yeah. They submit it where, what comes back to them, and what did they fail to do within those 14 days? Please break okay. that down. Okay, so well, as soon as mom and dad fill out the information as parents, and I know there's some word etymology guys that love the word parents, um, that creates <laughs> a, 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 an event on paper where this event now goes to Vital Statistics. Vital Statistics measures it, they weigh it, they give it value, they actually wrap this up in a nifty little system that creates a commercial entity that allows for the commercial use of it later. Now, that's where your weight in gold comes it, from yeah, that expression. Yeah. Like that's actually, that was a thing back in the day where I believe that, you know, that the baby was actually weighed and was monetized right at birth and a, and a value was assigned to it. And then over the course of trading this value over the course of your lifetime, this thing actually grows in its net worth and it's actually becomes incredibly valuable. So plus your commercial labor that you've also added through your entire life also charges that instrument with value. So this thing is actually dripping with, with potential. But the problem was, is that mom and dad didn't kind of quit. They didn't, sorry, they didn't quite kind of complete the process. They got the ball started. They got the agreement started, but then they didn't finish it. They never went back and said to Vital Statistics, hey, director of titles, what am I supposed to do with this thing? It says I'm not supposed to use it as personal ID. And then you know what? Sorry, I didn't take accounting in university. So I'm a little bit at a loss for what I'm supposed to do here. It and, says for treasury purposes only. Yeah, like there's- Why would it say that? Yeah, there's- Use it for ID. Yeah, so there's there's some weird, some weird, weird context surrounding this little gift or a curse, if you will, however you used it. But so mom and dad, by not finishing the game, left the game open so that a third party could come in later and kind of put a twist on the game and kind of put you in a situation where you become in the in, in the absolute worst position you could literally be you know we are now in a position where we're given a life full of scraps we're forced to compete against our neighbors we're forced to do all these things that you know we may or may not want to do uh the injections coming down the pipe you know if you look on the news any day anytime soon they're always talking about this injection now and you need it before you get a passport etc 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 to travel but the, the point here was is that if we had actually used that birth certificate properly even though our parents didn't do it properly we can come along and do that anytime so define what the parents should have done the parents literally should have taken that certificate wrote some stuff right on it Okay, while we're talking about that, what do they want to write on it? Let's go to page. Um, let's go to page. I think it's. Let's go to page eight. Halfway in the page there, number 631. 631. Page eight. That's page eight. Uh, page eight. There you go. So just up just a bit. Oh, a little bit more. Okay. Completion of 
So, okay, I'm looking. Okay. Keep going, keep going up. Okay, okay well, there, there it is. Okay, so here we go. Um, completion of security certificate. Notice right away, what does it say? It says, when it contains the signatures, that means at least two. That birth certificate showed up with one. So as soon as you see this, it says to complete a security certificate, it needs another signature, is essentially what that's saying. Otherwise, it's incomplete. Mom and dad never took our certificate. They never added a signature to it. They never captured its value. They never sent it back to the issuer saying, oh, this is all fine and dandy and I appreciate what you send me and I accept that as a particular title. And now here's what I require you to do with it. And mom and dad didn't know what that was all about. As a matter of fact, most people would thought, you know, they would have thought that you were, you know, had four heads when you're saying stuff like that. But you know what? I just took this out of the Manitoba acts and statutes, which again are the same globally, literally, they are the same in Australia, they're the same in everywhere else in the Commonwealth. So it's a very simple process. Once we finally crack this nut for us to, you know, literally wash, rinse, repeat this thing and send it on down the line to help others and benefit them to maintain a, an, or, an orderly sense of life where you're anything respecting your social, your economic, uh, any of those well-beings are actually to be provided for because that certificate represents an interest in you. You are a gift from creator. Everything we touch can have an incredible possibility or potential attached to it. So that certificate is basically saying, hey, if you want to attach some incredible things to this certificate, go ahead, do so, and then send it back to us. And we will actually record a new event and create a whole new account for you to operate from. This is where perfecting that interest and crediting it to your securities account when you're 16 or 18 or whenever you applied for that social program, so much more important. You have the ability to do it within two weeks. Essentially, mom and dad could do it right after they get the birth certificate. Or here's the other funny thing, they could have actually perfected some interests when mom or dad were even filling out that first information package that creates the birth certificates. They could have put some special stuff on there and captured the interest right then and there. Now that document would have gone and gotten technically lodged, recorded, registered, and those processes would have spit out a birth certificate with special things going on in the background. So we're actually, we have so much remedy at our disposal, but the point is that we didn't know how to exercise it. We didn't know how to see it. We didn't know how to implement it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, so mom and dad didn't do that. So the government went. The government says, well, if you want to assign that interest to us, we'll take care of it. And believe it or not, when we agree to be debtors or when we agree to be liable for that thing, they now take the control position because we have the possession position. And as in, you have the thing in your hand, you have it in your back pocket, your purse, hiding in a safety security box somewhere in a bank, whatever. Point is, you have direct control over it because you have it in your possession, but you don't have control over it because it's in your possession. Uh, it's such a mind twist. You only have control over the, over the thing when you give it away. Now, before that happened, though, because you didn't show up, they decided to incorporate you. Okay, to be able to use this 
the state this trust. So that's why you have all capital names, anything that comes from the government, anything for your mortgage, anything that's related to this new institution, this new company of, yeah. your, of them. That's yeah. why it's always in capitals. Yeah. And because that estate is in capitals is deemed to be dead. Again, go look at any tombstones or it's all in capital letters. There's so much history there as to what the, the nom de guerre or, or what the name actually means in admiralty law or, or the admiralty jurisdiction, the SESTA KVE Act of 1666, where it clearly states that if you don't come back and express some type of interest in your security, after seven years, you're kind of deemed to be gone and likely never to return. And now the government is in a position, they have this, they have some evidence of something that happened here in the background. And now they say, well, no, no one has come along to do anything with this. So we'll pick it up and we'll administrate it for them. Problem is, is that they really don't, you know, they really don't administrate it to our, you might want to call it a better type of benefit. We actually are in a position of almost committing wrongdoing or fraud. Here's why. Because when we took that certificate and we started running off and doing all those all those commercial activities with it, as the debtor or as the trustee, remember, as the person, the trustee is the worst position you want to be. We show up volunteer to be trustee. That as soon as a, as soon as a trustee volunteers, that means that someone can come along and scoop up the beneficiary position. Someone can come along and scoop up the settlor position. And again, the settlor is just the individual who actually puts this thing together. They're the ones that settle the estate, so they can temporarily settle your estate by administrating it for you, and then trick you into volunteering to go to jail. And they go, "Yep, all done." Next case, Your Honor. That's all they're doing. So as soon as you come along and you throw a wrench into their system by perfecting that security certificate, again, um, completion of the security certificate. So let's, we'll go back to this definition real quick here. So these, these signatures are necessary to the securities issue or transfer, but is incomplete in any other respect. So as soon as that second signature shows up, this thing becomes like a loaded you know, birthday cake. Any person may complete the security certificate, any person, so does that mean does that mean someone can even complete it for me if I'm say incapacitated? Pretend I just got in a car accident and no one can ask me my consent. Can my mom or my brother or someone who even cares about me, all even almost a complete stranger, a complete stranger could have seen this accident in the newspaper and somehow, I don't know, with you know computer stuff nowadays, somehow somehow he got the registration number for my birth certificate. If I'm just throwing one out there, that guy could have actually gone, perfected the interest in that certificate on my behalf while I'm laying in a coma. And he actually could have had something benefit me because through the mercy and, 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 and gracious charitable action of this gentleman, he can actually do something for me even without my consent. And here, I'm, I'm, here's the segue to that because if you go down to right uh, underneath it here, number 77, completion of instruction. Okay, so... As long as the instruction is, in, is originated by the appropriate person, but is incomplete in any other respect, that means I don't even have to fill this thing out properly. It could actually be rather incomplete. As long as it's in accordance with the authority of the issuer being, as long as that thing was assigned or, hey, Minister of Justice, I'm sending this to you so that you can give the guy in a coma some extra medical attention. This absolutely flies in the real world. It doesn't fly in the legal world because that would actually be considered to be fraud. How can I go and do something like that for you without your authority or without your uh, uh, consent? You know, 
contract law, you have to have consent of the parties. We all know this, but equity would actually look at that situation and go, well, well, you know what? No, we're, we're going to allow some extra leeway here because we see the intent behind what's going on. This is an incredibly important part of the deal. Equity only sees intent. The at-law system, yeah, not so much. They are very cut and dried. And I think you may have seen a post or two here and there where I've referred to, sometimes you'll you'll go to an outlaw court case and you're wishing for bread and you'll get a stone. Uh, sometimes people pray for a fish and sometimes they're given a serpent, which means the, the outlaw system, it's so over the map there. You know, they have um, a very black and white way of looking at things. It either meets their, their standards or it doesn't. There's no room for interpretation there. Although a judge is going to come off and publicly say, oh yeah, I've interpreted this act to read this and this is how it applies to such and such. But you know what? It actually doesn't. That's all still just illusion. The fact that you showed up with an imperfect title because you didn't perfect it. His record is showing the man or woman before me today has no inherent rights as a man or a woman. They're standing before me naked. They have no possessory interest. They haven't done anything. They haven't perfected. They're not they're in, dead. They're, they're dead. dead. They're literally dead at they law. No they have no rights. They're not entitled to anything. People want to turn to the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and they want to turn to the Bill of Rights and the, in, and the Declaration of Independence. That all applies. That's all for people who've actually perfected their interests and are no longer the trustees. Remember, a person is a trustee. You volunteer to be trustee as soon as we take that birth certificate and we use it wrong. As soon as there's a trustee, that opens up the possibility for the, the rest of the constructed trust to take place. There's all kinds of serpents in the background waiting to jump in and create a trust on the fly. Here's one. I'm the cop. I pull you over. You just identified as that identification. I literally now complete the trust by assigning you debts, obligations, and liabilities. And you just agreed to it and you promised to pay the debt within 30 days or you're going to go talk to the judge about it. So that's actually our trust expression being put together on the fly by the officer, knowing that he knows that you volunteered to be the trustee. He knows you're volunteering to pay any number he puts on that piece of paper, which again, is pretty easy to undo, but you have to correct the record. You have to correct our wrongdoing. Our wrongdoing was part and parcel because mom and dad never told us how to do what, or you know how to negotiate that certificate properly. But you know what, to be honest, there's no way my mom and dad would have figured that stuff out, not a chance. And I would be very surprised if any of yours did. So that's why we're all here, but. <laughs> and that's why in saying with saying that and watching and monitoring the chat, it's not your parents' fault. No. It's not Hitler's fault. <laughs> no. Okay, please, you guys be mindful of the words that you're putting onto our chat. Okay, we are very um, in tune with energy. And so this is not about going back and forth, you guys, and assigning blame. Please open your hearts, listen to the information. That's what this is about. Okay, thank you. Um, okay, so I want to take a couple questions that yeah, I did see come through. Sure. Um, we have some people in the US that say that their names are not in capital letters. Yeah. What does that mean? Okay, you know what? That's okay. They have. Uh instances of this where a, your name was actually spelled or styled in the proper uppercase, then lowercase, 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 then uppercase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The point is, though, is that they took a name and they attached a registration number to it. And then you volunteered to be that name with that number attached to it. That number starts, it starts a chain of events. 
that are now recorded and now put you in a predicament where you're literally still back in Egypt. You literally are still that bond slave. We're still trapped. We're still snared. We're still volunteer sureties. Here, surety just means the, the guy who's pledging to be responsible for this thing. And he also has the ability to correct the record. The surety position, it's actually in the Bible. It actually kind of reads something like this. Do not volunteer to be surety for a stranger. For if you do, you'll be snared. You better not do it. But I've only been to church a handful of times, and I don't remember anybody knowing anything about a surety and what that actually means. I don't remember any pastor or minister talking about clean hands and what that actually looks like. But part, part and parcel to get this all put to bed here real quick, we can actually effectively change our, our correct the record by just simply writing our little blurb on the birth certificate. And people are asking, are you sure? Like, is that something we can actually do? Can we actually write our stuff on the birth certificate? And the answer to that one is absolutely. Um, let me see here. I'm thinking we need page. Uh, and you know what? While we're talking about this little booklet here, I will. We will just leave this up so you guys can download this or or take a, a peek at it and and. Yes, actually on that while he's finding that um, I will be uploading it actually to our wisdom room. So on our Facebook, if you guys go and register, you do get a confirmation email. But once you're on there, you log in and you click on wisdom room. That's where um, we're going to upload this document because we really want to start rerouting um, this kind of stuff to our website instead of on Facebook. Um, what we're also going to be putting up, which I know a lot of you guys are going to be excited about, is our notice of interest that we handed to the sheriff when we went into court that day to um, be able to file for chancery. So um, a lot of you guys have been wondering what the wording was on that so we're actually just making that in a fillable form right now and we're going to have that uploaded to our wisdom rooms as well probably tomorrow on both of those okay so stay tuned for that yeah that's um again you could probably uh adjust and tweak that little notice for your own personal use and enjoyment um the, so this was the notice that allowed us not to have to wear masks right. when we were um, in there and that it actually deemed us as private citizens. So that's when they actually ushered us into our own room. Um, everyone else was held out. We didn't have to wear masks. We didn't have to stand apart. Uh, we were honored as uh, private individuals, which is really exciting. So yeah. not to mention getting into chancery, which apparently <laughs> never exists, but does now. <laughs> it does now. So, yeah, so hang on here. I'll just go past this. So, yeah, you guys are asking, where can we get this information? This is the whole point. Our website is divergence.com. Uh, um, you'll be able to find the information um, on our Facebook page. And you can go there. That's where we're going to be syncing all of the documents. That's where all of the groups are. This is where you can learn more about equity. We're going to have, like, certain words that are underlined so you can click on it. It'll go to that act or it'll go to a definition or a video of, of yeah. Darren explaining it. So there's not going to be too many rocks that aren't going to be turned no, over for you. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll keep cranking out little these little five or 10 minute kind of little videos that we are also going to post and stick onto the website here for you guys that actually do a little bit of the describing and the explaining and I'll be able to go into more detail as that further breaks down as everyone is kind of sort of getting their heads wrapped around this stuff and again I'll kind of base all that based on the feedback that we're getting back from you guys so that's again the team effort here of all of us working in conjunction with each other is is, is, is incredible and I'm so you know just rocked to be a part of this. So we're gonna to whip to page seven here real quick. I'm looking for number 53.4. And this is uh, 53.4. Oh, uh, look for recovery on certificate. 
Hmm. Sorry about the lack of organization here. We oh, go down. All right. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you just, okay. So, yeah, I just threw this together right before we came on. 11 pages, yeah. as you can tell. We're going to try and <laughs> slim that down next time. <laughs> okay. That's the problem. Okay. So, what's the idea here? What are we actually doing with the certificate when we actually scribble this stuff on it? We attach a coin to it. This is what we're actually doing. We're recovery on a certificate. Okay. Well, what is recovery? If the signatures, see, there you go. There's the second signature again on your birth certificate are admitted or established, there you go, as, as soon as you do it, the production of the security certificate entitles, ooh, that's a good word, entitles whoever has it to recover on the security certificate, which means throw it in front of a judge. Say, hey, your honor, here's my motion to recover on a security certificate. And the judge is gonna say, well, what are you talking about? And your answer there is, I perfected the security interest I attached it to the security certificate. I also attached valuable consideration. And now I'm putting it before this honorable court so that your honor may balance the equities. What that means is he's gonna say, Darren's got all the priority. Jody's got all the liability. I don't want it. Yeah, you don't want it. No, <laughs> you don't want to be trustees. He's The judge is going to say, hey, Darren's got the priority. He can roll in as the beneficiary now and have access to all that wealth hiding in the background in those trusts. Because there's new trustees in town. Why is recovering on a security certificate important? Well, it's important because if we go back to page one here, I think. The certificate itself is got something attached to it now called an adverse claim. What is an adverse claim? So I'm going to go to very first page. Adverse claim is specifically that whoever's making the claim has a property interest in a financial asset. That is such a surgical way of telling a judge your ju judge, I have a very specific problem. There's a confusion of titles and I'm sending this all to you so that you can figure it out. And now you can grant a court order saying that, hey, the applicant has the highest priority claim attached to this certificate. Now it's actually a financial asset because you attached a coin to it, you made it more valuable and you returned it to your securities account which is actually just held by vital statistics in the background there. I mean, nobody kind of knows this stuff. And, and even to date, I mean, that's just kind of my best, best guess because vital statistics is also in the background, you know, it's connected to land titles, it's connected to treasury and all these little entities are all connected in the background anyway. But so this security is now in the possession of a judge. It's made a lot better the crown prosecutor or the attorney general, they're now the executors, the administrators of a trust. They are the trustees. They are the person. If they are, okay, remember, because the word person meant whoever is the trustee. So if the executors and the administrators, if they're the trustees, that means you're not the trustee. And if you're not the trustee, you may come back to life almost as a settlor, someone who may come forward and avail himself or herself of their rights that were abandoned during the birth event that mom and dad had no idea how to fix. So now we come forward, we perfect our interests in this thing, and we actually put it into the possession of the secured party. The secured party is from all accounts, again, they are the ones that are basically defined as vital statistics. 
They are the masters of these titles in the background. They're the ones creating all these commercial entities. They're, li they're literally a bank. Like I know back in Winnipeg, Vital Statistics, the department itself, is actually in an old bank from you know, like the Bank of Montreal type of deal from like the early 1900s there or whatever. But so they have all the provisions of a clearinghouse and a clearinghouse comes in important later because when we start talking about securities intermediaries, they are acting as a clearinghouse. Okay, so what's clearing their house? You know, like how a check goes when you write a check, you send it off to whoever, and then they send it to their bank. It's in the background. It's going through a clearing process where someone looks at the amount, they look at the signatures, they look at the dates, they match it up with some accounts, and they say either yes or no. This check either goes through or it doesn't. It's either cleared or it's not cleared. So that's technically what's going on with that whole certificate system. And I know, again, so many of you do know a lot of this stuff, and I apologize for having the refresher here. But again, just in case some of our, new, our, our newer comers here are a little bit in the dark as to what's really going on. So Absolutely. And that was the whole point of this. Um, so we'll just take a couple questions now um, in regards to this. I'm just going to go on to the... Does anyone have any specific questions about that? We kind of have some questions that are kind of a little bit all over the place, but in regards to exactly that, um, I'll grab some off of here. Um, have you ever asked yourself where it is that a member of the judiciary gets his or her authority from at law? Sure. Okay. So the governor general appoints federally judges across the countries. Even though judges are sitting provincially, they're actually appointed federally. Where does the federal government get the power to do what they do? Well, when you take that certificate and you empower the government by saying, I'm liable, I'm going to pay all your debts. They now turn around and say, okay, well, we'll we're, we're going to have to administrate for you because you actually just told us you're not capable of doing it. Now they have a whole mechanism in the background through all their parliamentary acts of legislation that give them the power over us. Why? Only because we abandon the power ourselves. Once we take our power back, once we go bring it to a judge, a judge is only ordained through the ecclesiastical Levitical priesthood from scripture. Which book is Leviticus? Is it three or four? Yeah, there you go. So that's where the Levites, the priests, the money maintainers in those days, that's all the ministers, the judges, the clerks, that's, they're all part of the Levitical priesthood. That's what's actually going on. Now, ironically, they don't get the same inheritance we do. They only get 10% of ours. Why is that? Well, the book says that that's the tithe. That's where the tithe actually comes from, the 10% as an administrative fee for them actually maintaining our stuff for us. And don't get me wrong, um, maintaining trusts and administrating trusts is a very lucrative thing for them in the background. So when you actually come forward and present a, a, a life estate that's worth, let's just say, a lot of zeros, they're, they're actually super excited in the background because they instantly know that they're going to get 10% right off the top. before, so, so before Judges get paid. Oh, yeah. They, you actually, yeah, do your yeah. They, they sure get paid. I mean, wild. Another friend of my brother's there uh, rolled through court in Saskatchewan. I'm probably not going to mention his name, but he was generating some um, some trust type instruments and some promissory notes and stuff. And he got to the point where he had he had submitted two or three of these bonds to the court. And the one time, the judge said to our friend, um, Mister Loved One, do you happen to have another bond with you today? And our friend was like, well, absolutely, Your Honor. How much do you want me to make this one out for? And I don't want to disclose what the numbers were, but it was kind of ridiculous. And the point is, about a month or so later, our loved one friend actually gets a letter from the Minister of Finance thanking him for his bonds. So these things are actually being legitimately processed. You know what? Here, Let's just go right into 
I saw someone posting here the other day on the platform. Is all this stuff going to be seen as fraud? Are we going to go to jail? Is this legit? You know, that type of those types of questions. So part of our little booklet here where um, I was just talking about the completion of the security certificate, the completion of instruction. And here's the best one. Um, where is it? Uh, so page nine, right at the top, 63.2. See if you can find this one. 63.1. Completion. Uh, 63.2. Enforceability. Okay, this one's funny. Okay, so is everything we're doing fraud? Okay, here's my answer. <laughs> A complete security certificate that has been improperly altered, even if fraudulently, huh? What did it just say? remains enforceable, but only according to its original terms. So again, I could literally take Jody's certificate if she's in the hospital, fraudulently write some stuff on it, send it on in, and she could be looked after in a, in, in an, in a non-ambulatory kind of way. Because it says right there, even if it's done fraudulently. So how are you going to go to jail, even if you're doing it fraudulently, as long as it's in keeping with the doctrines of equity? Nope. As long as you're being charitable, you ain't going to jail. It's not fraud. Legal at law, common law might think so. But as long as you present it and get your estate cleaned up and all that stuff first, as soon as you say to a judge, judge, here's my motion. Look what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to recover on a security certificate. Go back to the very first page here. I think, where's the definition of plaintiff? Uh, you know what? Oh, something tells me I didn't include it. But here, I'll tell you what the definition of plaintiff is. It's a party seeking to recover on a certificated security. Well, that's going to come in handy. I'm not here about the chocolate bar. I'm not here because my neighbor stole, stole the lawnmower. Your Honor, I'm here to get the certificate dealt with. Nothing else is important. Nothing else matters. This is the most honorable thing a man or woman can do by no longer volunteering to serve Satan. Well, there's a good one. I'm thinking creator might be, might be smiling on you now a little bit more, seeing as you've conquered and got past that one. This is what walking through the valley of the shadow of death was all about and not fearing evil. Being able to walk into one of these courthouses with a perfected birth certificate in your hand, not worried not worried about going to jail. No, nope. there's no way I can go to jail. There's no way I can be found doing anything fraudulently. Why? Because I've actually just taken care of business, Your Honor. I have expressed a moral claim and I've attached it to something that otherwise I think I made a mistake, Your Honor. I would love to correct that record because Your Honor, I didn't know what I was doing when I was 16. Please forgive me. Guess what the judge has to say? Of course. That's why it's a coming back to life. Yes, coming back to life. You, you're so literally you're literally coming back. It's it's literally that important. It, it literally is the difference between life and death in in the in the eyes of the legal system. Anyway, and so let's talk about that. We have some questions around. Okay, so we perfect our interests, we surrender our birth certificates. Now what? What happens with our bank accounts? What happens with our jobs? What happens with our mortgages? These kind of things, please. Everything that we've attached commercial value to through our authorizing or signing or autographing or everything that we've conducted commercially over the course of our lives is actually cataloged. The tax collector people provincially and federally do an incredible job of keeping track of all that stuff. Keep your receipts, do your taxes like they they whittle this thing right down to the penny and they're actually incredibly efficient at it. So once you perfect your interest and once this system is approved by the judge, 
your RRSPs, your bank account, all that stuff now gets brought under the umbrella and the protections of a trust. Everything. You can literally take uh, anything and identify it as trust property now, just attach a number to it and go to land titles and say, hey, I have this piece of property. I wish to add it to my trust, please. What does that look like at land titles or the personal property registry? They actually have something called a financing statement where you actually attach property that have serial numbers on it to this piece of paper held at land titles. They look at that piece of paper with property identifiers on it, whether it's a registration number or a serial number or a vehicle identification number, whatever, whatever the identification number is, they can actually put it in an, in an abstract or a special file where now that file is now, is now financed. Yeah, no, Remember? Sure. This page was actually called a financing statement. This financing statement is telling the government, hey, finance this. I'm not going to, I'm not volunteering to pay for this anymore. You do it. And that in itself is a huge, a huge uh, mechanism for us to now take care of all of our assets, put all of these um, monetary instruments into a trust that is now managed by new trustees. The actually it's the attorney general and his crew. They're the ones that actually do all the trust administration. They're the ones that know all this stuff in the background. They know exactly how this all operates. They take your job, your all your all your life contributions, all this stuff now comes back to you. It's all actually now credited to your securities account. But that mortgage that you signed back 23 years ago for you know $109,000, once that once that monetary um, obligation was attached to that note or that instrument, they go and they flip that thing on the bond markets like a whole bunch of times. So now your $109,000 mortgage is certainly not worth $109,000. It's worth a lot more than that. I don't want to get into how much more than that, but let's just say it's a freaking, that's a substantial, a lot more than what you thought it was. So, so they actually take that value now, the accrued value or the overall marketable value. It's not worth 109 no more. Let's just say it's worth 10 million. They actually will now deposit the value of $10 million into your securities account. So you don't really go and just withdraw $10 million, no. But what you can go do is say, hey, I would really like to use that $10 million house over there. And they go look at your account and they say, well, you got $10 million of usable credit in your account. They just set that off, which is an equitable term for you brought a contract to the government. The government can't quite pay you back because you use silver. The government doesn't deal in silver. They only deal in debt notes. So they actually can't pay you back. All they can do is allow you to have the beneficial use of any property that's already not being used. So if there's a helicopter sitting over there not being used, hey, I need to use that for a weekend. Yes, I do. You literally, you would literally, you know, pro you if you had to have your helicopter weekend, you would go and add that to your financing statement through a special notice, send that to land titles in advance, get it approved, get everything else set up. And then you get a ding dong or a, a text message from somebody saying, hey, the helicopter is ready for your use this weekend. And again, you know, only the people that have perfected their interests and recorded that stuff get the special use of property. Is Again, it's not that you have a dump truck full of gold show up in your front yard. That's not what happens but you own the dump truck company that brought it to you. So you have access to the gold is what I'm trying to say. You don't have it, but you have access to its use. Let them hold on to the gold. Let them hold on to all the money. This is about us, going, us showing up with uh, the ability 
to use a house, a car, a boat, a helicopter, whatever, whatever you need to have a better life, uh, social, economic, all those departments of your social well-being and economic well-being, you're allowed to facilitate that. And that's what the trusts are there for, is to fund all of your life's ambitions now. So it's, it is a big deal. And I know many of us do kind of know what this, this system is rigged to do. But again, affording or affecting these last few components that actually stitch all this stuff together to actually make it work. I mean, this has all been fancy talk for the last 20 years. But where is the proof? Where is the where is the helicopter? Let's where's the video of you flying around in a helicopter? Okay, well, we're working on that. It's coming. There's something here called an evidentiary chain of events where the judges actually want to see you exhaust pretty much all the remedy you can. And then you come to the judge at the last minute and say, hey, I tried all this stuff and it didn't work, Your Honor. That's why I'm here for you. And the judge says, oh, okay, yeah, I've seen you. I've seen you've done your due diligence and, oh, we've been watching you and yeah, et cetera, et cetera. And then they'll actually take you in and they'll bring you up to speed and they'll actually give you the access that we're talking about. Another reason why I'm a little bit hesitant to go through, believe this or not, but I've actually prayed for, hey, I, I'll, I'll go last just in case there's a non-disclosure agreement hiding in here somewhere because you know, between doing this stuff for 20 years, we have heard of people effectively getting through, effectively tapping their treasury accounts, and, and effectively disappearing, and never talking about this stuff again. And I don't want to be stuck in a position, after everything Dean and I have gone through, to either, Darren, you either get access to your estate, or you don't, because you're going to be a loudmouth, and you're going to go all over YouTube and Facebook and tell the world how to do it. And if you do that, we actually might withhold your estate, because we see what you're about to do. And I don't want to be put in that position. So I would rather push all my loved ones, friends, you know, through first, get them settled, because I actually get kind of looked after and all that anyway. So that might be a kind of a weird twist to it. But that's just the way I've been kind of operating this for the last, you know, whatever, 10, 15 years. So it is a bit of a curveball, but that's, that's just the way we're trying to do it. So, but let's be honest, if Darren wasn't in the mix here, it, we'd be at a standstill. You know, we have a grasp of this, but not the way he does. Right. So um, we have another question. People sure. are asking, uh, and this was actually brought up a couple nights ago about how many birth certificates do we send one to the minister of finance? And is that all, or does it have to go to someone else or to another place? You know what? It, all, it ultimately depends on your situation. If you're rolling into court, say in a week, I would actually send it the one original birth certificate or all three. I mean, you could literally, or two or however many you have, you could literally send them all. I would send them to the sheriff saying, Hey, I need you to hold on to these because I'm going to be there in a week and I'm going to be doing some crazy stuff that the public can't really see. And here's the notice explaining what that all looks like. So if you're not going to court, you would probably now want to send it to, you have some options here. You can send it to the registrar general at land titles, but we're actually starting to get notices back now where the registrar general is suggesting he doesn't have the authority to deal with this stuff, which is fantastic. He just told us who does have the authority to deal with that. And who is it? It's the judge. It's a judge sitting in a court of competent jurisdiction, or believe it or not, this process is actually so simple in the background that a typical clerk or registrar can deal with a lot of this stuff right at the counter without a hearing. They'll do it right then and there. I'm positive that once we get this thing dialed and fine-tuned, we would literally show up to court, hand the clerk in chancery our, you know, two or three or five pages, whatever it's going to be. As soon as we send notice to the attorney general saying, hey, I have a claim, I have an adverse claim against the crown. 
I need them to restore my interests that were abandoned that are hiding in this birth certificate. So now the attorney general is going to roll into court and the judge is going to say, hey, attorney general, are you ready to be the new trustee? Because this guy's not anymore. The attorney general has to say, yes, I'm ready. And if the attorney general actually has any questions, <laughs> he actually asks the judge right there. Now, keep in mind here, folks, we know the attorney generals, they are just the public figureheads. You know, they come and go every four years or, you know, whatever their elected terms are. The deputy attorney generals, they're more the ones with the lifetime appointments in the background who really know what's going on. So as a matter of fact, uh, a lot of their legislation states that, hey, if you're going to bring a claim against the crown, you actually have to send it to the deputy minister of justice or the, the deputy attorney general. You don't send it to the attorney general. So... And can you specify a little bit on who gets the originals, who gets copies? There's a lot of confusion. Around yeah, uh, if you're going to send it out, I would maintain a copy, send the original. The judge has to be in possession of the original instruments to settle the equities. Just in case you frauded that thing somehow. Yeah, but you said you, you could do this fraudulently. No, no, you could write some stuff. I could write stuff on Jody's... Um, uh, birth certificate if I had access to it, or if I found her, her registration number, or if somehow I was able to prove I'm next of kin and I could go to vital status and order another birth certificate for her. But the point is, is that as soon as we attach that instruction to the birth certificate, the judge is going to look at it and he's going to instruct the minister of justice or the attorney general, or, you know, the minister of finance. Ultimately at the end of the day here, where I'm going with this is we want to get it to the judge because it looks like the registrar general doesn't want to deal with this and the attorney general can't deal with it until the judge approves it. So I'm pushing this now, like we just send this to a judge of, again, sitting in a court of competent jurisdiction. And this is going to get to a point where we have enough people in enough groups with enough knowledge that you'll be able to roll into one of these court situations and actually go in with three or four or five or 10 other people, all basically presenting the same case for the same purpose. The judge will actually entertain all that. You'll all get to all go in at once. So you won't have to feel like, Oh, I, this is a scary thing uh, as an individual. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, some of you that have gone to court many times or fighting this stuff for 10 years, you don't have any problems rolling into court. But for some of the newcomers, I mean, as soon as I say that, they're like, oh my God, I'll never be able to go to court. I'll never have the wisdom or the, the confidence to go before a judge and say this stuff. The point is- And that's actually one of our questions. How do you do all of this without a lawyer? Yeah, well, this is how you do it without a, without a lawyer. You, just, you essentially just take this all on by yourself. It's just a little bit of due diligence. Again, watching the videos, uh, watching or, or, or seeing what legislation to put here, to put there. Um, I'm going to be breaking this down and simplifying this more and more and more as we go. Don't get me wrong. But for this thing to get started initially and get pushed through the system, it had to be technical. It had to be um, over the top. It had to be pretty heavy duty. Why? Because the judge actually expects that of me. The judges know who I am. The judges know who Dean is. Uh, and some of you that have been doing this for a long time, if I were to roll into court and say something in, in three, in, you know, in three words, the judge is going to say like, well, I thought you've been studying this stuff for 20 years. That's all you've got is three words. He, so he would actually kind of come at me to dig out more information because these guys literally know who we are. Um, a newcomer, here's the cool thing, a newcomer with just a very limited knowledge base on this stuff, the judge is actually going to come to your level because he's going to say, hey, 
I've never seen any paperwork from you before. I've never seen you in the news before. You haven't been arrested for this stuff before. You used to, to show the officer your driver's license when you got pulled over. So your honor, I've only been doing this for 30 days. I have a pretty limited experience, but I know a couple of maxims. I know I was supposed to sign my birth certificate and send it to you under an assignment. Uh, so help me out here. I don't quite know how to finish this, but equity says that no trust will fail for want of trustee. That is one of the most powerful maxims there is. Why? Because you actually created a trust. As soon as you put that stuff on the birth certificate, as soon as you wrote it on there, you're actually literally creating a trust right there. It's also known as a security agreement. Very powerful stuff. As soon as the judge sees this stuff, he can come to your aid. He can actually come help you. So Again, my brother back in the day when we when when we were doing the common law stuff, um, he only wanted to put accepted or uh, what was the other thing he used to put on there? Um, accepted for value. You know what? What does accepted for value mean when you don't actually establish the value? So what's it worth? A penny? Like, yeah, you've accepted it for value, but you actually didn't go on to explain that. <laughs> and this is where the security agreement comes in. That's the document that actually goes and outlines some of these conditions and some of these terms that, hey, yeah, your honor, I accept this on the condition of three pages of stuff, your honor. Here, check that out. That's, that's my grasp of all this knowledge. Do you have to have three pages of knowledge attached to your birth certificate? No, you can literally do it with one piece of legislation. It's literally that simple. Excellent. Okay, so how do we still function within society then? So you gain access to this trust. Um, how do you do business within the, the commercial realm? So you would still go and create a corporation, but you're going to create a corporation, say, in the trust's name. You're going to assign it value. You can appropriate assets and funds and resources, all because that, that corporation was brought under the trust. Once that trust is established, you can fire anything in there. You would literally still go to work on Monday morning if you chose to. You could still literally get your paycheck next Friday. Your paycheck is going to go through CR or you know the, the, the taxation department. And they know as soon as your taxation ID number shows up, they know that it is supposed to match with a trust that they are also managing. And guess who no longer pays taxes? You. The trust pays taxes for you. Why? Simply because you didn't volunteer to pay taxes anymore. As soon as you stop volunteering, somebody has to pay the taxes. Well, that's what the trust is for. Not coming out of my labor anymore. No, that silver coin on that birth certificate created the economic wealth to take care of any and all debts, any and all taxation, any and all fees, services, all that costs, all that stuff. Life. Life. All your all, all the all the maintenance that you need to fulfill the rest of your life, whatever it is. If you want to go up into the hills and play with goats and leave and live a, a meager life, have at her. If you want to take on a, a, a multi-leveled, crazy clean up the earth initiative, well, that's gonna take a little bit of funding. Um, you know, and again, it's all based on what you want to do with your life. And there's no restrictions, it's all based on what you want to do. The only restriction is, is that we had to follow the chosen path, have a charitable heart, and do good things for our neighbor. As long as you could pull that off, at some point, spirit is going to come down and touch you with some wisdom here that's going to provide you the mechanism to get out of Egypt. And you're part of that history right here by doing these videos with us and the ones with Dean 10 and 20 years ago and all the other gentlemen and ladies out there who've made incredible contributions to what we're doing. Again, you'll never hear me um, dismiss or, or, or take uh, uh, 
somebody else's efforts and 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 you know discard them that that's such a horrible thing i i'm not a fan of that i still remain teachable and i've been doing this with dean so you know we're some of the 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 people the individuals doing this the longest and yet i'm still some of the most teachable there are so again we never have to feel like i'm overwhelmed or i'm never going to get this figured out or oh my god i'm never going to get to your level of knowledge i'm sunk don't ever feel that that self-defeat no this was designed just for you it literally was all you have to do is have an open mind and give it a chance and again, we're here for that. And we'll keep punching out these videos and we'll keep spreading documents everywhere. And again, like I was mentioning earlier, I am going to start pushing, uh, like compressing this into a, a much smaller format where it doesn't look so overwhelming, where, you know, you don't need to deal with 40 pages of stuff anymore. We used to think that was pretty cool, but I, I got tired of drafting documents that are 40 pages long. Kills too many trees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I saved the trees. <laughs> oh, excellent. Okay, so you you know, again, you submit your birth certificate and now someone is asking, do you still keep your rights though as a private citizen? Oh, absolutely. Not only do you keep your rights, you get a whole bunch more. All the rights that were abandoned as a public citizen, they're all restored. So what are those rights? Well, you actually get the opportunity to describe those. What are, what is it that you're particularly interested in? Well, that's almost an endless list. So rather than list an endless amount of stuff, I kind of boiled it down to I require my dominion back. Okay, so I'm just pulling this right from scripture. Again, that's the guidebook. I'm pulling my dominion back. I want, a, I want a, a certificate of title for eternal life. That sounds crazy, but there's some validity to it. I want a title of being resurrected, as in coming back from the dead, having perfected my interest. I would like a piece of paper saying, yep, this guy did the impossible. And let's just say that we're co-heirs co in Christ. We are afforded complete control over this world only when we're not volunteering to serve Caesar. When you're serving Caesar, you don't have control. He controls you. She, well, I guess there's never really been a she Caesar. A, a Caesar. Anyway. Just the ones I make. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, once you get your dominion back, dominion basically, it, that covers everything. If, if that was the only thing you claimed as your rights, dominion, that was a good one. You could literally suggest anything after the fact because dominion is is full control you we do not take instructions or orders from a corporation no but you do when you volunteer to be a corporation well of course now you have to listen to mama bear pop you know mama papa bear corporation and if you don't you know we, we know what happens um as dean he he's a perfect example of that <laughs> having spent 90 days straight in solitary confinement but again those were back in the days when we were making a big mess of the system without protecting ourselves with perfecting our interests. So we were literally blindly walking through a minefield looking for the spots where we could not find landmines. And it wasn't very successful. We did find a few spots and, you know, we would all cluster to that spot where there's no mines. And then we'd venture off after a whole bunch of explosions and we'd find another spot where there's no mines trying to get across this field. Well, to be honest, friends, we have really, really gotten so close to getting across the field. It's literally in our lap because, again, very few people out there have actually studied this stuff more than Dean and I. And having the eyeballs put on all this stuff that I have and my brother has and a few others, this is the final component to actually bring the closure to this whole process because it's one, it's so simple. Two, it was right in front of us this whole time. And three, all they had to do was rely on us being lazy that sounds like a little sneaky trick 
that is applicable to everybody. And yet it's not, you did it to yourself kind of a deal only because my, our people suffer for lack of wisdom. Well, well, here comes the wisdom. So we got some incredible people behind us and there's no way this is going to fail. It will not fail. It can't look at what's going around. Look at what we're, we're surrounded by this energy, this, all this, this awakening, that's not phony baloney. This is the real deal. So, and you can feel even just listening to this, it kind of excites something. And, you know, I know if you guys are anything like me, you initially just kind of go, you know what, this just sounds way too good to be true. But the wonderful thing is that there are accounts and stories of people that have gone through. It's just, they haven't shared the knowledge. And so that's why we're doing this step-by-step. We're showing you our failures, you know, our successes. And there's a lot of questions that are coming in. And as far as how do I start the process? How do I start the process? Um, If you follow us on Facebook and on our website, you guys will know that we are starting the BC process. And parlor and and bit shoot yeah we did that today too so we're trying to spread it out as much as we yes, can yes we're so. not just in one place but yes we have the forms that we're making in edible fillable form they're automatically filled out for you so if you enter your name it pre-fills the form for all the documents um there are some questions in as far as what we're going to take you guys basically the stages we've done is right until where we are right now so these are the, the the actual forms that we are completing so you guys can catch up right to us for bc right now um like i've mentioned in previous videos we are going to be sticking to Alberta and Ontario um, and making our way out afterwards uh, from there so we're going to provide you guys that within the groups of our website we're going to create a wisdom tree where you can you have to go through the information to be able to understand what you're signing what you're filling out and uh, we'll we'll handhold you through this whole process so again we're in the beginning stages Um, we're working on BC we pumped that out uh, pretty good Kim has been working on those forms we hope to have that out by next week for people in BC okay so that's kind of our goal, but please explain what those documents are, what people yeah. need to submit and why. So really the documents in a nutshell are basically suggesting a few things. They're saying, Hey, here is a particular instrument, call it a birth certificate. Here comes an event that makes that birth certificate a whole lot better. Hey, your honor, notice my statement of interest that I've attached to this thing. And I'm going to put it into your possession so that you can deal with it. So That basically boils down to an affidavit, a security agreement, an adverse claim. The adverse claim is the thing that's actually written on the birth certificate itself. Then we're going to actually get into phase two, which kind of turns into a declaration, a mortgage, and a caveat. Now, we'll go into that. I know, again, this this video is actually supposed to be for the newcomer. So because that's phase two, I'm not even really going to talk about that yet, just yet, because we'll leave that for now. But so the phase one is, yeah, it's just like I was saying there. It's um, it's basically just saying, sending notice to an authority saying, hey, I have a bunch of stuff here. I need you to take a look at it. It's to, done to the best of my abilities, and it's very powerful based on what Darren says. Just kidding. <laughs> it's not just what I say. It's all in the statutes. It's all in the acts and legislation. I've actually heard a lot of, well, not a lot, but... There are gentlemen out there and, and, and you know people suggesting, oh, look at them commingling. They're talking about statutes and they're talking about exclusive equity at the same time. That's called commingling, which means you'll actually get no resolve. You actually have to pick one. Now, I used to think this back five years ago. Dean and I, back in the day, we used all statutes. We had a little bit of progress, but then we got our asses handed to us. And then we landed into the security or into the equity stuff and the securities. So then I actually started talking completely only exclusive equity i didn't use a single statute at all and then the response back to us was uh we can't help you with any of this because you're actually not speaking a language that we understand so i actually had to go back then 
for the third time around and find the equity that's actually hiding in those statutes. And believe me, there's a lot. Here's one example, page, um, page four, I'll just read it. It's just sort of the same booklet we were just looking at a minute ago. So this is the Securities Transfer Act out of Manitoba. And it's basically saying this, the principles of law and equity apply. So <laughs> that's two jurisdictions right there, right? You got law, you got at law, you got common law and equity. They are not one and the same at all. As a matter of fact, they're antithetical to each other. But here's what it goes on to say. Except insofar as they are inconsistent with this act, the principles of law and equity supplement this act and continue to apply. A, uh, the law merchant. B, the law relating to the capacity to contract, principal and agent, estoppel, fraud, misrepresentation, duress, coercion, and mistake. Okay, <laughs> here's where the equity starts. When they're talking about a principal and agent, you're the agent. The principle is the crown. Estoppel, that's you rolling in with an injunction, stopping them from doing anything against you further. Fraud was the very next thing. Well, we kind of committed fraud, but they didn't quite disclose all the particulars. So they're a little bit guilty of concealment of facts as well. So there's a little bit of fraud going on, on both sides. We can just kind of agree to that. Misrepresentation. When a lawyer shows up to represent you, that's actually a misrepresentation because you're standing there as a man or woman, not knowing you volunteered to serve Satan. And he's actually misrepresenting you by telling the judge that you're there admittedly volunteering to service the debt that the judge hands down through an order. So yeah, the lawyer could have told the judge, your honor, my client here had no idea that they were supposed to perfect their security interests. My client had no idea that he could have delivered or transferred that interest to the securities intermediaries. Your Honor, my client had no idea he could credit that security to his or her securities account. Yeah, the lawyer doesn't want to say any of this stuff. No, the lawyer is just going to say, yeah, my guy here, he'll volunteer to pay the child support. Or my guy here will volunteer to go to jail for drunk driving. Or... Uh, the lawyer is not there to help you. This is all an illusion. This again, again, this is a particular group that is pretty, you know, fundamentally cured with knowing the fact that hey, a lawyer represents the bar association and swears an oath of allegiance to them first. Then they swear a second oath to the province within our, the province that's managing that bar association. So there's two oaths to somebody who's not the lawyer's client. So you're actually third on the list. How can the lawyer be representing your best interest when you're actually third on the list? Give me a break. It doesn't work like that. But again, our people suffer for lack of wisdom. So did that answer that one? Uh, yep. Okay. And then some. Okay. Um, we actually have some questions around, especially I can understand why newbies are asking this, is um, can you share some of your success stories? So we're talking about this not being a pipe dream. We yeah. talk about these people that just kind of phantom disappear. <laughs> okay. we, let, let's give them a little bit more substance okay. as far as why this works. Probably my best one. Um, I Back in the heyday there with Dean when we were being badasses, I finally got arrested for failure to produce uh, no driver's license and no insurance and all that stuff. And shortly after that, um, I was involved in an assault with my ex-girlfriend's ex-husband who came onto the property, even though there's a court order saying he's not supposed to be on the property. I wound up twisting him into a pretzel and pushing him into his car and directing him down to the end of the driveway. Next day, the RCMP are at the house trying to charge me with assault. So Long story short, 
I'm driving home one day, or I'm traveling home, or I'm <laughs> coabulating home one day. But point was, they're chased, they're behind me, sirens on, trying to pull me over for this warrant. And I had already sent in enough paperwork that I was confident that, you know what, I'm not going to stop. I literally didn't stop. So they pursued for about, I don't know, two, two minutes anyway, give or take. And then they stopped and they just pulled over. That was that. About a month later, I finally get arrested and I was charged with fleeing police because of that incident. That's an automatic five-year federal penitentiary bit, plus all the other stuff that they were trying to come after me for. So here's how this story ends. I had my first court appearance for that hearing on, let's say, Monday. The Thursday before that Monday, I was talking to Dean on the phone. Now, the phone calls in prison, they're all monitored. They're all recorded. The Crown listens to everything. I mean, that's just how it works. So I'm talking to Dean for a 15-minute conversation, and I was telling Dean, I was excited about Monday's hearing, and here's why. Because that was that charge is what they call an indictable charge. It's not a summary charge because they wanted five years federal penitentiary time. That's indictable. That's a way more serious offense than you know stealing chocolate bars. So because it's a much more serious offense, it's actually in a jurisdiction now where they will hear equitable defenses if a man or woman has one. So I'm all excited talking to Dino. Oh, I can't wait till Monday rolls around. I'm going to this, this, and I'm going to say that, that, and I'm going to there. That went on this big thing. The next morning, five o'clock or four thirty, uh, the little buzzer in the room goes off saying Clifford Court, and I messaged back to them. It's like, no, I guys, I hey, I don't have court today. It's Monday. Clifford Court. It's like, guys, check the computer. I don't have court till Monday morning. I'm going back to bed. Clifford, get the hell out here, or we're sending in the the extraction team to get you. It's like, oh, okay, well, this must be important. So anyway, this is an unscheduled court appearance. Apparently, I roll into court. I take two or three steps into the courtroom. The sheriff literally grabs me from behind, from like the back of the scruff of the neck there, spins me around and rips me right back out of the courtroom. I, I, I'm not joking. I took three steps and three steps back out. I was in there for three seconds. That's it. <laughs> As I'm walking, and while I was in there, though, the crown and the judge were just going back and forth like chipmunks. I actually didn't even hear a word they said. It was that fast. I'm now walking back down the hallway. And I said to the sheriff, I said, well, that's kind of strange. What, what was that one all about? And the sheriff says, well, I don't know what you did, but the Crown just withdrew all the charges. So in the heyday, when the system was really trying to clamp down on Dean and I and other people trying to do what we do, they had me by the balls. They had me on a five-year bit, plus a bunch of other stuff that they were trying to attach to that. So they were looking at sending me away for probably seven years. And again, because of the shitstorm that Dean and I and others were causing, we were totally at their mercy. Like they really could have, you know, if they were going to be dishonorable or if they were just such corrupt in their ways, I would have gone to jail for that seven years. Time. I would have been it, but no, what happened? I rolled in the next yeah. day based on a five or on a 15 minute phone call. I beat the charges without even having to go to court for it. And the, and the charges were withdrawn. So that to me, that's an incredible victory because I, a, I didn't even go to court for it, really, based on just my knowledge and wisdom. There's no way the Crown could ever, ever, ever take a chance on a guy like me talking that stuff and getting that stuff on the public record. Yeah, they could scrub the public record, correct? So you think. But you know what? When you get to that level of, uh, of court, they actually have a tougher time scrubbing that record because you're actually doing something so honorable 
that the judge actually has to afford you something. There's no way that I could have gone into a hearing like that and someone would have gone and ordered the transcript and the entire transcript comes back empty. All I would have had to do was fill out my own special affidavit to those events, file it into the court record, and then all of that would eventually be public record. You can actually go and look at all that stuff. So again, the court system just literally shut it all down. That was probably my best one. One of Dean's best ones, he was sitting in solitary for about 90 days. He literally takes crayons on a napkin and he writes himself out of jail one day. And just for the record, his brother actually has the record for the most amount of time in solitary confinement in they, Canada. Yeah. In Canada, they couldn't afford to let him go out with the inmates because he was literally taking crayons and writing down adverse claims for the inmates to take to the judge, and they were walking out. Yeah, so it's like it's, wild. So yeah, they don't want to keep us in jail, and they don't want us out of jail. So it was kind of a. Uh, they, I'm thinking that they really just hope that we figured this stuff out and we stopped throwing around so much spaghetti in the kitchen. We stopped making such a mess because Dean and I were making a mess of the system. Don't get me wrong, but you know what? Trial and error. This system didn't come with a little Coles Notes book version that says, hey, all you got to do is step one, two, three, four, and five. Well, that doesn't kind of exist. So we had to actually take the initial. What tell the story? What was Dean's story? Was uh, one of his best stories. Okay, yeah. So he literally writes himself out of jail. He sends it to the judge. He's in solitary confinement. He's looking at three to five years from all the stuff he was dealing with. And six hours later, he's sitting in a restaurant drinking a beer. So based on some of the equitable things that he wrote, it just sent to the judge. Now, the funny thing is, we were doing a lot of co-mingling back then. We didn't understand the power of equity. We still thought that there was remedy at law. So we were doing more co-mingling back then than we are now, absolutely. But there was still enough substance in Dean's pleadings that as soon as the judge saw it, the judge released them. No questions asked. We've actually had the military chief of police send an agent to protect Dean in court. Tell that story. That's good. Another, another friend in Saskatchewan, farmer friend of Dean's, this is back in the day. Dean was going in to help a friend deal with CRA. The first couple of hearings were okay, but then all of a sudden the Crown didn't like it because Dean was making a mess of everything. So they started to rough Dean up. Dean was getting, you know, roughed up by the sheriffs, literally. So Dean calls the military and says, hey, every time I try to go to court to help a friend, the, the sheriffs are doing this. <laughs> Dean rolls into court the next time, some big spiffy dude in a black suit with an exposed 45 gun on his hip, strolls into the courtroom, walks up to the picture of the king and the queen on the wall or whatever it was at the time and does his salute and clicks his heels and does all that military important stuff. Then he walks up to the judge. He says something for about 20 seconds, walks to the clerk, says something to her, walks to the sheriff, says something to the sheriff, and then goes and stands at attention behind Dean less than three feet away, as in protect mode. And here's why it was the protect mode. The judge gets up and pours Dean water. Dean thought that was pretty spectacular. Judge goes and sits back down. Halfway through the hearing, Dean's battling with the clerk, trying to get the clerk to put some paperwork through. And the, the clerk's denying it, denying it, denying it. And on the third or fourth time, when Dean says, I require or I demand you to do whatever it is with the paperwork. And when she, when she finally denied it that last time, this military dude reaches around Dean and says, execute the order or I'll execute you. And he wasn't kidding. Again, military justice they are actually allowed to do that stuff. Like, um, if you take breach of trust, it actually turns into such a heinous crime that it is it could literally be punishable by death if it's heinous enough. So Dean actually had the military show up to protect him. 
again, uh, the stuff that we've done, it's, we've actually helped more other people with situations than our own. And when you have all these collective stories that come together, again, there is honor in that system. I will defy. No, nobody has seen some of the stuff that we've seen. So when we hear people see that, say that there's no honor in that system, it's just purely corrupt. I say, no, it's not. No, it's not. Okay, so this question actually came up before, so I'm going to address this lady. Um, she mentions that her partner sometimes acts as a police sure. officer, okay, yeah. and she has never, uh, according to him, he has pulled up records before and never been able to see these red screens or a private citizen. Yeah. So why would he have no knowledge of it? Okay, this? so he would have no knowledge of it because we are some of the first to actually perfect our interest and go through the pipe. Um, the RCMP officer, husband, gentleman here, he wouldn't ever have run into this situation before because we're the first to do it. I know of two people in Canada, and that's kind of it, that have, in my mind, effectively done what we're talking about. And, and the one gentleman and his wife, they disappeared to England for a while, then I think they were heading to the Caribbean. And the other lady was in Ontario, and I actually don't really know whatever happened to her. But point is, I, on three occasions last summer, walked up to RCMP officers. The last one was a three stripe. So he was a sergeant. I walked right up to him while he was sitting in his car. And I said, excuse me, my friend, I happen to be a private citizen with some perfected security interests. Note, uh, no, notice, and I showed him the perfected birth certificate and he's looking at it and he's like, okay, yeah, so what can I do to help you? And I said, well, here's my situation. I sent a notice off to the sheriff's department X amount of uh, weeks ago and I've yet to hear back from them. So I'm just wondering, at what capacity is your dispatch or is your detachment connected to the sheriff's office? So I need you to relay a message to the sheriff's department that's just down the road for me, okay? Because I've got you here right now. And he then he goes on to say, based on the events or based on the information that you've told me, and I've, I showed him some of the documents and he actually went over it and he was looking at this stuff. And he literally says, the RCMP have no jurisdiction over this matter, none. So if the RCMP have no jurisdiction over this matter, they will not be trained in this matter at all. Zero. They will be after the fact. Once we have enough of us come forward with perfected interests, then a little switch gets flicked in the background and now they'll be up to speed. But so this, this lady's husband that has never heard of this stuff before, granted, sure, maybe, but you know what? Give it a little bit more time. Let us have a couple of court orders go through where the record does change. And then we'll actually have our friend here ask her husband. Now, here's the other thing. The other uh, thing. We actually do have some colleagues in the United States who have had sheriffs and uh, the like down in the United States pull up people's driver's license numbers or the license plate number. And they have had the flashing red screen show up where it basically says, hey, there's a security entitlement holder here. Do not detain, do not arrest, do not hinder this individual whatsoever. And they actually have to call it into dispatch. And the officer actually said, uh, my screen is flashing red and I don't know what to do here. And dispatch basically said to him, do you have the individual in, in, in you know, are they detained or are they in custody right now? And the officer said, yeah. And they, the dispatch actually told them, hey, let that person go. You are not authorized to even deal with that individual. So it does happen. I have heard of it and I believe in it firmly. Again, the, these are some firsthand accounts coming from people that I trust, people that we've been doing this work with for a long time. So do I take that at face value? Absolutely. And again, I'm looking at all the nuts and bolts here. I've, I'm looking at the possibility of that being true. Absolutely. They have to protect us somehow. Absolutely. 
Good, good. And again, this is where, because we are actually in the process right now, we're going to be able to share our successes when we got our PPSA agreement, um, security agreement. That's why we shared that with you guys. We're letting you guys know our control and we're letting you guys see what we're applying for and the processes of it, right? Yeah. So. so how another example of this stuff working? Okay, well, we took the PPSA output that Jody's just mentioning. We walked right into court uh, two, three weeks ago without masks right up to the sheriff. I handed him this little notice. He looked at it. He was Chinese to him. He didn't know what it meant. So he forwarded it to his superior. And lo and behold, we are in the courthouse, no masks, no problem. They quarantined the one bill, the one room that we were in so that no public citizens were allowed in there while we were in there doing our private stuff. We roll in, we get our chancery listing court motion filed. That is something that I've been working on personally for about six years. I I knew we were going to eventually get there and I knew we had to have the land title stuff done first or something from the personal property security registry that spits out a piece of paper that says, oh, the record is changing in the background. Something is actually technically happening. Something is going on back here. And as soon as you get that piece of paper, as soon as the clerk saw it, everything changed. Mm -hmm. So, and again, that's um, the letter that we did um, submit to the sheriff that day. We will be posting in our wisdom. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So we have a question about what do you think the crown is all about? What is the crown? Please define that. What is the crown? The crown is basically the acceptance of God's divine spirit. And you're basically saying, hey, I choose to pledge my remainder of my life essence to serve you. That actually makes us the crown. So here's the cool thing. Again, because we're born in the creator's image and we're born with all these crazy possibilities and all these, you know, all this good stuff. We take, the, we take these incredible gifts and we walk away from them. When we walk away from them, some other party comes along and scoops up our crown and they literally are garnishing a crown that typically actually belongs to us. Remember, these crown agents, they're acting in person. They're acting in fictitious capacities. They're acting on a stage like Hollywood. They are of literally no standing. They are literally walking fictions with no rights whatsoever, except for whatever the charter of the particular country, their charter of rights and freedoms or whatever, whatever that charter grants those officers or, or those people, those agents, those are the only rights they have. So when we do finally come back and claim these rights, we actually take our crown back. We are now actually on the same footing as Queen Elizabeth herself. We are now pledging our existence to serve creator instead of serving a corporation. As soon as we do that, we get our crown back. That's why the subrogation is so important. Subrogation means, hey, I'm the debtor over here, but after subrogation, I stand in the shoes of the creditor which is another phrase for the crown. So we become the crown. We always were the crown, but the system tricked us into giving our crownship away. So now we're actually just restoring it. So the crown's always been here and it'll always be here because of the way the circumstances have unfolded with either you believe in monkeys or you believe in something divinely inspired that actually kind of put us here. So. However you want to look at it, it doesn't matter. Either or, it spit out a birth certificate and we all used it wrong. And this, from the best of our understanding, I know we don't like to use that word, from the best of our comprehension, this is the simplest version of all it takes to fix a problem that's in our back pocket. And that's where this whole, this, this thing is actually so dubious. It's so, it's so sneaky. 
that we volunteer to be stuck in a world when we don't have to be. We actually have the fix or we have the remedy literally in the palm of our hands. We just didn't know how to fix it or execute it. So, so in a sense, that's all that the crown really is. The crown is a, is a power. It's an entitlement. It's a, a connection. It's a relationship. It's something to be admired. Yeah, sure. Anybody can have the crown. Anybody can be garnished with the crown. Uh, again, just based on our wisdom and our knowledge here and what we do with it. So, Okay. And a lot of questions around if you leave the country that you're born from. Uh, do you have to go and apply there or do you apply for um, all this paperwork in the country you are now living in? As long as the country you're in operates on the birth certificate system, it's all going to be the same. So if you were born halfway around the world, but you live somewhere else now, as long as they still can have a birth certificate system, you can literally roll in with your birth certificate, inject it into their system, and everything will just fall into place accordingly. Um, I was of the opinion that at the time, we're probably better off to send it to the issuing state or province. But problem is, is if you're halfway around the world, and if you had to go to court, I'm hoping, I'm led to believe from the stuff I'm looking at, the judge would literally be able to have a FaceTime hearing with you on your phone. So worst case scenario, that's kind of how it would play out. But now, you know what, because it is all the same system, you literally could just make an application to the court wherever you are take in your security certificate, all perfected and adverse claimed and all the goody, goody stuff, stuff, and walk into the, into the public hearing court there and actually get the chancery listing like we just did and then proceed from there. Uh, if that happens to be a different language uh, for you, you know, the court will provide interpreters. The, you know, we'll be able to manage all those little incidentals to get it done, but you can effectively change the record right where you are. You don't have to go to your issuing province you don't have to fly home to deal with this stuff now again with technology that we have nowadays it's it's pretty comfortable that we'll be able to get all this stuff figured out just on the surface the way we are and can you give us a quick update on your brother dean where is he what's going on with him will he be a part of this there's a few uh, questions on that yeah brother dean's still kicking around he's pursuing a similar approach to what we are here although he's kind of targeting the federal side of it he's kind of trying to negotiate this through cra uh exclusively Whereas I was trying to present my stuff to land titles and the registrar general there to get that guy to create a report to then send to a judge and say, hey, this applicant brought this stuff to me. I don't know what to do with it. It's beyond the scope of my office, Your Honor, but here I need you to deal with it. And that actually could be going on in the background right now, but I don't know. So what I'm going to do is take the initiative and do that for ourselves. But no, Dean's in the background. He's He's uh, he's building. He's driving all over the place. He's meeting people. Have a baby. Yeah, he's got a baby on the way too. So yeah, he's 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 pretty busy. Uh, is he still in this stuff? Oh, absolutely. He he has just kind of taken the position where I was a little bit a, a little while ago, where I'll I'm taking the forefront here a little bit, and I'm pushing some newer stuff, and he's just kind of enjoying just some downtime for once. Because again, to go through the ringer as we did for the 10, 15 years, it's it has done nothing but destroyed all of our relationships all of our family, all that stuff. But you know what? We gained a much bigger, better one here anyway. So we're both okay with that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay, so um, there's a few questions around um, becoming private and how that affects the V and traveling. Sure, okay. So the V only applies to public citizens. That's a public disorder. It's a public disease. 
it's brought through statutes and acts and codes to public citizens who volunteer to be liable and serve the public. We're none of that. We show up as, with private citizens, with perfected interests. None of that public stuff sticks to us at all. You could literally take that perfected birth certificate, send a notice to the Minister of Health and maybe the Minister of Justice and say, hey, there's no way I'm getting that vaccine. I'm not volunteering. Thank you. I've got a perfected interest here. I have priority. And that's that. That's literally all it has to be. Super simple. And for people that do have court cases or pending ones that they know are going to be coming up, can they do their adverse claim? Can they do this paperwork right then and there and use that court case to do it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, like I was alluding to earlier, the judges aren't going to like this, but you can literally roll into court and, and, and seriously get the ball rolling in your favor. I, however, recommend dealing with this a little bit ahead of time. Send your notice to the judge as soon as you can. Um, again, the, the affidavit is one page long. The security agreement is two to three and a half pages long. But when you put this stuff before a judge in the chancery listing, it doesn't have to be long and it doesn't have to be complicated. Uh, again, I still don't think I've posted the court documents that we use to get Jody and Tamara started. Uh, and Bryce, That'll be going in our wisdom room as well. Yeah, and Bryce is on here too, and he's pretty excited about what he's just pulled off as well. Um, so once you have evidences that you can send to a clerk or show to a clerk, whether it's mail or walk in there, they have to look at your substance a little bit differently. And again, though, they're publicly not going to want to play ball because this is oil and water mixing again. Again, we're asking a lot. We're putting the judge in an incredibly tight situation by asking him to do this stuff. But at some point here with the, with the correct wording, we're basically just saying, hey, your honor, I know you're going to find the person guilty. I can't stop that. So let's just proceed. Let's just get that done. Yeah, you just, you just find that thing guilty because I know you can't hear my equitable defenses here, but this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to remove or I'm going to have a rehearing in a de novo rehearing in equity means once the legal titles are settled, once the at law or the common law court proceeding is over, once you've been found guilty, you can literally take that judgment and now turn around and do a couple of things with it. You can have a new hearing. The new hearing is this, your honor, I was deprived of my defenses. I was deprived of my ability to receive relief. I was deprived, deprived, deprived. I wasn't, if you're denied something, then you have the option to come back to a higher court and say, hey, I need the ability to hear my special stuff. That lower court wouldn't hear it, but I know this one will. What do you think, Your Honor? Are you going to entertain this or not? And the fact that he's in possession of the birth certificate perfected with the adverse claim attached to it and the coin and all that awesome stuff, he has to grant you a rehearing. And your rehearing is this. Well, Your Honor, seeing as I'm not volunteering to be the trustee, I suggest you appoint a new one. And while we're doing that, can you make sure a personal representative is thrown in? Because I got a lot of stuff I got to do. I know you're sitting on the securities. I know you can't disclaim the trust because you've got possession of it. So let's rock and roll this stuff. It's literally going to be that simple. And he's going to say anything else. And you can say, well, I do have a grandma in an old folks home, or I do have a situation over here, or I would like to build a school, or I'll, I'll let that list rip. You're there to enforce and afford the world incredible things gifts charity again that's what this is all about all this funding is sitting back there for a reason the private side is actually supposed to fund the public side when the private side is empty or there's nobody there the public side now has to impose taxation on its citizens to pay for everything literally squeeze everybody for the money to build the roads schools hospitals imagine 
private citizens rolling through in the background, appropriating funding to pay for the roads, the schools, the hospitals. You see how that healthcare, all that stuff. You see how that actually alleviates the taxation burden on the public citizens. See how they actually have to collect less tax. See how you don't have to spend as much of your paycheck to pay taxes anymore. Why? Because there's a group in the background here doing some incredible stuff for your benefit. And that's why the system has to put this stuff through because it's in the public interest. They have to, and the judges know that. So they just gotta wait for us to show up properly. And we're finally showing up properly. Again, all the stuff Dean and I did all those years ago, we all we did it with imperfected titles, imperfected interests. We were still in possession of the security instrument. We were so, uh, what's the word? We were so um, fatal in our process. We There was so much substance that we didn't get taken care of. And yet we were still afforded some pretty incredible stories, even though we, we're making a mess and we didn't even really know what we were doing, but again, we're, we're, we're figuring that out now. So. Okay. So how would it work then if we we're wanting to travel um, at airports, okay, traveling. private, how does, what does that look yeah, like? Yeah, traveling. Okay. So as soon as you get that PPSA output for with Jody and, and Tamara here, we're, we sent off the passport application, the special passport application. You can literally go online in Canada anyway. And I'm going to suggest most other countries, they actually had a little, uh, a menu or a, a a screen where it was a special or diplomatic passport. Now people will think, well, that's the same passport. Yeah. yeah, no, it's not the same passport. It's a special or. It would have just said the diplomatic passport, <laughs> but no, special is actually a whole other thing, but they can't list. They're not gonna tell you what the special passport is. They can't publicly disclose all that stuff. So they're just gonna call it a diplomatic passport. When Dean went to apply for this special passport, years ago, three years ago in there somewhere, he actually had the private meeting to have his special passport granted to him. And all they said was, we need to see evidence of your security entitlements, please. Can you please fill out this application again? So Dean filled it out exactly the same way he did the first time. And then they looked at it and they kind of went, you're not getting it. You're not hearing what we say. So can you please fill it out again? Fill it out again. And Dean finally just got pissed off and threw the papers in the air and basically just walked out. He left. The perfecting of the interests creates the security entitlement. As soon as you can show the passport people proof of your security entitlement, they'll grant the special passport. So we've sent it off for Jody here. We're going on probably two and a half, three, almost three weeks, which is still within their umbrella of a time frame where they were able to get back to us. I'm pretty sure it was 45 days. But so we're still kind of monkeying around in there with that. However, we're still just going to go to court and we're still just going to have the judge or the registrar look at our, our stuff. Once we have that court order punched out, now you can go to the passport people and say, look, here's proof of my security entitlement and here's proof of the court order that supports it. Give me my white passport or whatever color it is. Out of the United States, they're issued in white. Um, we do have good first, uh, good first-hand accounts of this because uh, a very good friend of mine in Dean's back in Winnipeg, he goes down to Texas every few months for a seminar down there with another gentleman who's just literally kicking ass with this equity stuff. The guy, I'm not going to mention his name, but he's made some incredible progress. I learned a lot from this guy who coincidentally learned a lot from me and Dean to get himself started before. So it's kind of weird how all this just kind of comes for a full circle. But yeah, the passport, it's real. It's not a joke. It does exist. 
Um, and again, it was just my, a matter of having those security entitlements to show the passport people, hey, I've done some stuff, I've perfected some interests, and this is a thing, and they will they will issue it, absolutely. And Serena said, get the PPSR form done, special passport application online, which is, that's exactly how you apply for it, is yep. BC online, yep. and the special form, this special special form for diplomatic passport we need to see evidence of your securities title perfecting the interest creates the security entitlement yes. then it will grant the special passport bingo and that's what was missing from your brother when he yep. went to apply for yep so we were close and again that happened like almost four years ago and even back then i didn't know what security entitlements were dean and i were looking at each other kind of scratching our heads we're like oh shit what did we miss exactly but here we are so and um, we've got a lot of questions around the silver attaching value. So can you please talk about what kind of piece of silver? Does it have to be pure? Does it have to be a certain name on it? Um, can you use other forms of currency on that? Does yeah, um, the, the silver is very important. It, it's actually from the earth, right? Like it's actually a tangible something. You can actually touch it. You can... All right, it's real. It's not a debt note. Debt note is based on fiction. So silver is attached to a simple contract to give it value. If your contract has no value or has no consideration, it is literally of no force and effect. So now that you have a, a contract that has value, now you go and you register it at land titles or through the court process, either or will get this done. Once that interest is registered, and again, by registered, I'm implying recorded or lodged. Once that thing is lodged at land titles, it becomes bona fide. It becomes something you can stand on. It becomes something that a court will hear. It becomes evidence that changes the record. It's a, it only happens when the silver is attached to it because that old system is dealing in debt so let's bring in something that trumps debt while the silver or the species of coin trumps all debt. Does it have to be one ounce? I would recommend it be one ounce. Um, it doesn't specifically say really anywhere that it needs to be one ounce, but if you can at all, and any at all you know, measures, try to get your hands on a one ounce coin. It, what are they like 38 bucks now, give or take? Um, they are still available, you know, they're, they're they're findable. They are, but it, if I have a fifty cent piece in my uh, dresser from my grandma that gave me back in the day, will that work? Yeah, as long as there's silver attached, or as long as there's silver in there, it, it'll it'll work. Will a will a, would a nickel do it, or would a quarter do it? Or a postage stamp. Postage. Lots of, a couple questions about postage stamps. Postage stamps work if they're backed by gold or silver, not the regular ones. A money order would also do the job here because you actually pay a six or seven or ten dollar conversion fee to go from debt notes to lawful specie, which is the gold or silver. So if you only had a 50 cent silver coin, will that do the job? Yes. Would, uh, would another coin do it? I'm going to say no. It's Dan Bouvier, the guy who wrote the Bouvier's Dictionary back in the early 1800s or late 1700s, he was very adamant about lawful silver coin passes title along with the interest is essentially what he was saying so i'm interpreting that as hey it should be silver and if you can yeah just do the one ounce if you had a gold coin would that work yeah absolutely but it's up to you so 
Okay, so we are approaching the two hour mark here. So I have one more question and then I'm gonna look for one more in the chat. So please uh, fire your best question, something perhaps that hasn't been talked about. I have um, a question here about, okay, so we've become privatized, we gain access to our trust and our interest here. How do our bills work, our groceries? Are we given like a card? Um, what about like things like insurance, that kind of stuff? If you can give this a brief overview. Yeah, sure. Once once the credit shows up in the securities account, you'll get some type of communication from the trustees saying, okay, this is the this is the protocol that we require you to follow to make all of our lives easy. And again, with the technology that we have in our hands nowadays, I'm pretty certain that you'd literally just be able to swipe your phone and things are managed for you. Um, your bank, once you have a perfected security interest, you could actually go and talk to your bank and they have an, a special account set up just for set off. And again, the set off is here's Here's the bill or here's an invoice for a Ferrari, or I'm just using that as an example. Take the bill, take a snapshot of it, send it to the new trustees, probably through the personal representative. The new trustees get the image, they get the VIN number, they know which dealerships that Ferrari's sitting at. They literally approve the transaction digitally and the, and the account manager or the business manager of the dealership calls you over and says, yeah, your transaction is approved, here's the keys. It's literally that simple. Again, we don't own it. We don't own the Ferrari. Her Majesty does. That's actually now an asset on her books or their books. They don't want cars, boats, houses, planes, that stuff. No, they don't want that. They have, they have no use for that. They want the papers. They want the documents in the background that give those things their respective values so that they can go and monetize those pieces of paper in the background and make a boatload of money. For who? Well, ultimately for your use, that you're now going to turn around and go be charitable and go build schools, hospitals, roads, stuff. So it's a very symbiotic relationship. Both parties benefit. Both parties are happy. So again, I could actually just quickly get into a quick, well, who's the beneficiary? Well, you know what? Technically, there's kind of two beneficiaries. The trustees actually kind of benefit from this whole thing, but they're not called beneficiaries. But at the end of the day, they just got their tithe. They got all kinds of stuff coming down the pipe for them that they get to enjoy. So is that type of a, is that a type of a beneficial interest? Yeah, of course it is. But it's not really mentioned. It's not really said because all that's going to do is start confusing the matters. But technically, all I'm trying to say is equity makes sure that both parties are happy. And that's fundamentally something that the common law cannot do. So back to the question. Uh, <laughs> With your bills, what do you do? Okay, so yeah, your phone is going to literally be able to take care of everything. If that's too complicated for you, your personal representative who's appointed to you by the judge is not going to be too far away. You could literally, hey, Susie, um, that Ferrari I was interested over there the other day, yeah, just make that happen. That's all it literally... It's all that literally needs to be. Those are called entitlement orders, appropriation orders, directions, or instructions. And I could go into here a little bit about page. Um, and so food, what about food as well? All of that stuff. I mean, it doesn't matter what you're buying. If you're buying food or you're buying a Ferrari, it doesn't matter. Um, you're exchanging value in the monetary commercial world through a trust. That trust is set up to pay all the bills for you because you gave that trust something incredibly valuable that the trustees can now leverage to create monetary wealth for you to go buy your food. You don't have to go do the same job you did nine to five anymore to go buy your bag of groceries. Nope, that's all covered. Believe that, okay, here's the easiest way to say it. Could you imagine? Everything's already paid for once, but then we come along and volunteer to pay for it again. 
when we're 16. That's the big oopsie doops. All we had to do was assign the debt to the trust or say, hey, personal representative, I need a Ferrari with the trunk full of food. Now, I know those trunks are pretty small, so you're not going to get a lot in there. But the point is, everything is just looked after beyond your wildest dreams. There is no restrictions. There's no, well, what ifs and what ifs. No, everything is literally looked after. If you have a question, a concern, a complaint, that's what the personal representative is for. They're the liaison between the new 5DU with a perfected interest, doing light work, trying to help the planet. The personal representative goes and talks to the dead legal system for you because ideally children of God were not meant to talk directly to that dead system. We're not supposed to intercourse with fictions dead people yeah that's that just it's called necromancy it's it's not nice which is why we are supposed to stay clean we stay clean by telling the representative hey you go get dirty or hey attorney general you stand in action you go to court for me and the trust i don't go to court they do i got better things to do like zoom meetings (laughs) okay what happens if a child does not have a birth certificate and should parents be putting their children through first or should they be going for, through first and then bringing their children through um, or all at once? I recommend that mom and dad get their interest perfected first, just in case you had to go to a court to get your child's interest perfected. This way you have the standing and the capacity to get into a judge, to get the judge to help you perfect little ones. That's ultimately how I would do it. Could we do it uh, without perfecting ourselves first? Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. It's possible. Um, but again, it's, it's going to be based on your level of knowledge and, and whatnot. Um, what if baby does not have a birth certificate? Well, go online, Google what the, does the, what does the Royal family birth certificates look like? It's kind of, it's pretty cool. They have no England, no Britain, no London, no nothing, no surnames, no, none of that. It's just first middles and titles, titles, titles puts you in a different position. Why? Well, now you're entitled. That's why how can you be entitled without a title? See, you need the title first. And the registrar signs that special birth certificate and records it privately. You'll also notice that when the royal family has a baby boy or girl, they don't even put the name on that little stand that sits out front of whatever castle that they're having the baby in. It's just uh, blah, 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 blah. Enjoyed the, the, the birth of a baby boy or girl, or, you know, that's, actually all it says there's no names involved there's no surnames being attached to any of that stuff i mean most people don't even know what queen elizabeth's last name is i mean people would say windsor don't actually but but (laughs) but i you know if you did a lot of other digging you there's there's some other influences in there that we think that are kind of hiding that change the surname but anyway for the most part most people don't even really know because these surnames are being abandoned they're being given back and once you surrender that surname render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Once you surrender that name, don't use it the same way you did anymore. Don't identify with it the same way you used to. Use your first and middle name and attach a title. Protected purchaser, uh, security entitlement holder, holding financial asset directly, beneficiary, settler. We got a grantee. We got a bunch of stuff. Heir heir to the sheeted legal estate. Like There's all kinds of little subtitles that we can attach depending on what we're trying to do at the moment. I don't really want to bring the word beneficiary into the public system a lot. We used to think that that was a pretty smart thing to do. But as a matter of fact, it's a pretty not smart thing to do because the beneficiaries are always protected privately. So when we're trying to ram something private again into a public system for public consumption, it never really worked. 
And Dean and I were doing a lot of this. We're like, oh, why the hell isn't this working? Uh, we, we couldn't really figure it out until, again, contributions from others. That ultimately is what saved our asses. And again, some of our other friends here, they are such an incredible integral part of what we're all doing here. And just like you folks, I mean, it's, we're building an army of people that actually have wisdom and knowledge. That's essentially what's going on here. And we're all going to go forth and change the world. That's what this is all about. And we are afforded that opportunity. It's written in the commandments. It's settled knowledge. All we had to do is stop serving the legal system. And once you do that, you're free to go do. So I know that was a bit of a long-winded one. How do we pay for groceries? But They're always long-winded with you. (laughs) (laughs) I liked it. Oh, good. Well, there's so many good morsels in there. That's why I just let them go for a bit. But this is the last question you guys were going to take. It's uh, it's coming in here from Craig. So Darren, there's a lot of talk about accessing the trust and account and becoming able to access fi- financial benefits. Could you be more specific? Would that be accessing principal amounts or the interest earned on your securities or both? And will what you are speaking of or using and referring to using or accessing the financial benefits require the ongoing usury of those men and women that unwittingly remain as surely or debtors of the system. Um, Kill, I'll answer this going back up. No, we're actually not relying on those taxpayers and their burdens because we're actually tapping into our chunk that's hiding in the consolidated revenue fund or the assurance funds provincially. We literally, they have these accountants that know these exact values attached to your name and or that number that are hiding on a shelf somewhere. They know exactly what yours is worth and you're literally tapping into that, not the public citizen. So they're actually not burdened by what we're about to do. Actually, no, it's the opposite. We're actually relieving the burden on those taxpayers because we are out there proliferating and we're the ones out there funding all these public works and all these programs and all these infrastructure projects to actually eliminate taxation eventually. Um, The first half of that question, uh, accessing it. Yeah, that's going to be pretty easy now that we actually have all this figured out. Again, the court order at the end of the day is going to be the determining factor here because we've done everything else and it hasn't quite borne the fruit that we're after. So I know for a fact that only a judge's court order from sitting in a court of competent jurisdiction is going to authorize the system to treat us as the beneficiaries like we're supposed to do under this trust that we've expressed. Now, that trust only arises when we take that certificate of security and we put it into the possession of that secured party or a third party for maintenance. The minister of finance or the successor in interest doesn't hold the security. Nope. A third party holds it so that now we both, both parties, this is the successor in interest and the beneficiary get to use this middleman effectively. And that's just kind of the way the commercial system has all developed where under these contract laws and all this security transfer act type legislation, these securities are very, very important. They fundamentally are the backbone of the entire commercial system that we're living in today. We've actually had an FBI agent tell some of our friends in the states here that the FBI is fully aware of the fact that Wall Street is pretty much ran on birth certificates because all these other instruments come from where? The primary birth certificate. A corporation is created to go do whatever it does. Well, who doesn't the director of that corporation nowadays have to show his birth certificate even to go get that corporation started to go build houses? Yes. Why is that? Because they're tying everything back to that birth certificate now. So 
It's a pretty in-depth, complicated system. But again, that's all trustee work. And we're not too concerned with all that anymore. I don't want to be the trustee because again, as we know, that's the person, that's the organization, that's the fiction. We do, we, we've been trustees our whole life. And now we're finally trying to put ourselves in a position where we're the no longer, you know, we're no longer the trustees. So Okay, excellent. So yes, we tried to take on as many questions as we could. Thank you very much to the people that were answering some questions within the chat. That really helps me to be able to focus on what we're doing over here. So thank you to all those people that stepped up for us. Um, we had some questions as in regards to the recording of this. Yes, we, we will be putting this up on our YouTube channel, on our BitChute. We're gonna be putting this up on our website as well. So you guys will have access to this. There are some notes in here that apparently you guys can save the chat from this. I know we can on our end. But if you guys have the ability, by all means, there's lots of great little gems in there and some information that uh, people were dropping in there. So that's great. So I will be putting up the newcomers to equity and redemption, which is the all these pages that Darren did up for you guys. So you can learn some terms and some glossary words. Um, and as far as how this language breaks down, I will also be putting up the notice of interest, like I mentioned, for the sheriff's office. That'll be going up tomorrow as well. Um, okay, so I think we've covered it all. Thank you, everybody to, who showed up for this. Like I mentioned, we will be doing the advanced version of this next Tuesday. Um, that'll be on Monday the 23rd at 7pm. So I'll be putting the invite up for that shortly. So please be sure to click on there and register so that you get your spot. Okay. And for those of you that didn't get to your questions, um, feel free to write them down again. And again, these Zoom meetings that are that we're doing, they're just going to become a thing now. They're going to happen probably at least once a week, if not even a little bit sooner. Um, depending on the feedback from you guys, um, I actually wasn't really paying much attention to the, the messages here. So if there is a stuff, a, a whack of stuff that I we haven't gone over, uh, we will literally build specific Zoom calls and I'll literally go through every single question for two or three hours. So get your... I'm not, I'm not going to suggest throw 30 questions at me, but, you know, give me your one, two or three primary questions and then we'll wait for another few days and we'll punch out another video. But yeah, just guys, just keep throwing uh, the questions at me because again, I, I quit my job. So I got nothing else to do. I'm very important. Are you aware that when you, apply for the application that you can ask for trust to be fully reinvested with interest yeah okay so yeah that's what i should have answered that um no actually i created a more i created a mortgage in equity for an incredibly large principal amount but now i'm only entitled to the interest payments of that principal to go live my life and go do whatever i want to do so i essentially gifted them a large principal and all i need in return is the interest um, what has led me to do this? Um, once you understand the importance of mortgages and trusts and how they work in connection with each other, we actually want to maintain a mortgage when it comes to the final documents that go back and forth between us and the crown that establish what the duties are, who the mortgagor and the mortgagee are, and what those terms and conditions are for the repayment. Why? Because we're technically foreclosing on a mortgage. That's how we get the specific performance out of these trustees. So we create a mortgage for a big number, and then we clamp it down and squeeze it. And we say, now you guys owe us something. Just like when you file, fill out a mortgage uh, application for a bank, you promise to do a whole bunch of stuff for the bank. Well, this is the same thing, but in reverse. And we actually get to write out what the trustees promise us they're going to do. They don't write it, we do. Well, how's that for a awesome situation. We literally get to write 
our entire future. Also, I have four cages of case law, four pages of case law, proving that statutes and acts are not law. So if you'd like that, I'm quite happy to yeah. send it to you. Excellent. Yeah, you know what? They're, they're, stat they're, they're, they're applicable statutes and law when we volunteer to be subject to it. If we don't volunteer, that stuff has no force and effect. But if we're not volunteering for it now, so who is? Ah, the new trustees, they just volunteered for it. So do all those acts and statutes still apply to those people? Oh, yes, they do. And now we live our lives over here on the equity side, dealing in maxims, dealing in trust stuff, all those doctrines and jurisprudence. We don't touch statutes at all anymore. And as a matter of fact, once it gets to that stage, you would never hear a statute out of my mouth again. Now we actually live doing the exclusive equity. But to get the conversion or to get the thing to revert or boot itself back up or to come back online, we had to use some of the language that gets that going. And that language happens to be the acts and statutes. Yeah, are they, are, are they actual laws? No, they're not. I totally agree with you. But we as fictitious entities volunteering to serve a system, now all of a sudden they become very applicable to us. So the, now they are real. <laughs> yeah. Okay, excellent. Thanks so much, everybody. So like I said, I'm going to be converting this video over and I hope to have it up for tonight so you guys can rewind it and go over it as many times as you guys want. Again, we'll have the advanced one next week. If you guys have a quick question for you, please. Uh, I've been waiting for you. was the first one for the question. I've got a court pending, court pending on the 30th of March. Now I've got a lawyer, also got a barrister. What shall I do with this birth certificate? Hey, should I hand it over to them or what shall I do? Um, if I were you, I would fire both of those guys. I have a document to release a lawyer of his duties and obligations that actually has to be forwarded to the court. Um, unless you are interested in guinea pigging some of this process using a lawyer, I can actually develop some of that for you. And if you want to try it, doing it that way, we can just to see what happens. It's not going to hurt you. Hey, yeah, because I already paid, already paid for lawyer and barrister, so I can't just uh, tell them to go. They, yeah. they can represent me. Yeah. Okay. Then you know what? Let, let's let's we'll we'll turn that into a little pet project here, and we'll turn that into a little uh, a scenario for here as a teaching mechanism to show everybody. So all we're gonna do is we're gonna produce some uh, some documents. You're gonna hand them to your lawyer, and you're gonna instruct your lawyer to bring it before the court. And we'll see how this works. I'm gonna, I'll keep it super short, super simple, all with <clears throat> all within keeping with their statutes. Again, so as Scott was mentioning a moment ago, those law, those laws and statutes aren't real, yeah. But lawyers sure use them. So hey, let's try to guinea pig this. Let's give it to a lawyer and see what he does. Well, hey, <laughs> because I mentioned to the lawyer yesterday, and um, he said, "Looks like he either knows or doesn't know." Try to get away from it. Yep. I asked him, I asked him, you know, to hand over the possession of the birth certificate on put in a trustee. And yeah, you like you got surprised what I was talking about. Yeah. So so what you're gonna do there, what this is gonna call what this is called is when you actually present this to a to a to a lawyer, he's now what is called an indenture trustee. You've created a trust indenture. This is a special agreement between you and the crown and the lawyer as agent to that name now actually has to act in a capacity that's going to protect the trust as an indenture trustee. 
So yeah, you know what? I'm kind of glad that you threw that at me because uh, yeah, let's have some fun with that and see what we can turn out for people. Yeah, because I put this question at the beginning right when you started, but looks like you went out of the way for some reason. I don't know uh, because um, you're covering up for beginners, and um, also I'm a newbie in this. Also, I've joined in with the, with the forum, your website, and um, that's why I was concerned um, how this can be rolled out. What if he denies if he say he doesn't want to do it? What should, what's the next step? Then if he doesn't want to do it, now we provide an affidavit that says, hey, Your Honor, I approached the lawyer. He didn't want to do this, which is, I think, what the lawyer is going to do anyway. But then you have that special affidavit. And what you actually just did there is you created an excellent opportunity for yourself to get right into equity. Why? Because clearly, Your Honor, there is no justice at law. There is no complete remedy. There is no redress. At law sucks. Sucks. Hey, okay, yeah, so this is gotta... a quick second. Oh, can you please provide those documents for me? Hold on. Um, so great about having a mute button. <laughs> okay, so everybody that's on the call right now, um, if you guys would like to leave, we'll just we're gonna cut it off right here. We're, I know Darren's not done, so I'm gonna let him stay on for a little bit longer here. There's a couple hands that we have up. If you want to stay on and hear the rest of the conversation and the questions that are coming up, that's wonderful. Absolutely, you are more than welcome to to join in on that. Otherwise, absolutely, we'll call it quits here and we'll just kind of keep carrying on. Okay, excellent. All right, so we have a couple other hands up here. So I didn't mean to cut you off there, Bobby, but um, I will yeah. I will unmute you to ask your final question and then we're gonna go to the other hands that are up, okay? Can you unmute yourself there? Yes, um, the, the, the final question was, uh, would Darren be able to prepare those documents for me? Because I already joined your forum. It's oh, a yeah. Bobby. Of course. Please. Send uh, on the group there that you're in, wherever that is, just post your particulars there. I'll grab it from there and I'll actually build the documents. And this is where I'm actually talking when I, when I know I posted a little while ago about if people would be interested and if we, if we can, I know this is going to turn into a server problem with capacity, but guys, I would actually love to be able to a few times a week, sit down here for, you know, eight hours a day, go live stream while I do all the stuff I do all day. And we can actually have an interactive zoom meeting where you could just log in and ask me stuff as I'm doing what I'm doing all day anyway. But I'll okay, well, private zoom meeting. Can we do that? Please. Um, yeah, we can. We can set something up. Um, if there are others in your group there, Bobby, that are uh, part of your area, uh, we would prefer that we can bring as many people into these groups to have the um, these private Zoom meetings. That way more people are benefiting from everything coming out of you know our, our, our mouths here. Yeah. We're not taking personal- I'm from Australia. I'm from Australia, so I'll just join in. So we're not yeah, taking okay. personal one-on-one -on -one meetings right now. Please understand that. So um, we have to, again, keep on the bigger picture. Everyone has a court case. Everyone's trying to get answers here, right? So please, please understand that. Yeah. And, but, but we can, do, you know, group things together yes. and we'll do, we'll do lots of these two and three hour type ones where you can, yeah, I don't, in those situations, yeah, you throw all the questions at me you want. And like I was saying earlier, go ahead and write them out. And if you're posting them on the uh, websites, uh, we have a pretty good team. We're actually getting back to people with answers pretty quick. Like it's not taking us really, you know, a, a week to get back to people. We are all, um, we're all, we're on top of it pretty good, but you know what? We're on top of it pretty good for a little while. And that kind of is a bit of a segue into this upcoming uh, statement. For those that are able to help answers or, or help answer others' 
people's questions, you know, feel free to always be doing that. And we actually have seen that coming from some of the people that have a little bit more knowledge regarding these matters and a little bit more experience. Um, that actually takes a little bit of pressure off of me as well. Um, but again, I, I, we would implore people to come forward and, and, and express their, Hey, I can offer this, or I can provide that. Or I know there's a handful of people like, you know, um, Krista and, and, and John, and there's, there's, there's a, an incredible wave of people coming down the pipe here that have actually even a little bit more knowledge about this stuff than I do, because I helped them get started and then they ran with it. And now I, they actually know a little bit more about it than I do, which is actually a pretty cool position to be in. So it did the work for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so if we can have people that, you know, want to contribute at, at whatever level, just let us know, because this thing is going to snowball out of control pretty soon to the point where even though I'm live streaming eight hours a day, that's still actually not going to be enough to keep up to the thousands of, of things coming down the pipe. So again, we're just asking that, you know, for anybody that does have the ability to help out others, I'm going to basically just call on you to always be thinking of others and putting others first and try to help them because you notice here's a, here's a neat little part. As soon as you assume, or as soon as you jump into the teacher's position, you're going to be blown away at how fast you start learning this stuff. Mm -hmm. It's, it's incredible. Well, the teacher teaches the popular, the popular teaches the teacher is vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, that's it's, how the universe works. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a beautiful relationship. Again, I'm the guy who failed. I, I'm the guy who didn't graduate high school. So all of you have no excuse. And so a really good thing, you guys, about our website is that we, you guys have the ability to, to start your guys' own groups and then within those groups to start forums. So there, here's a prime candidate for any of you guys that are in Australia that have pending court cases, start a forum, start a course, then you can notify us and then we can jump on and yeah. then there might be 10, 20, 30 of you. So then we're maximizing our time a lot more instead of just doing one-offs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, um, let's talk to Bryce here. Bryce, if you want to unmute yourself, please. And uh, yeah, see what you got to say. I already am. Am I unmuted, Don? Don? No, you're unmuted. Yeah. Hey, can you hear me, Dan? Yeah, man. Yeah, okay. Hey, so I, uh, I went into court this week and uh, I went and dropped the paperwork. Actually, I was going to the registrar a couple times last week. And then I finally got the document put together. But then the sheriff wouldn't even take to surrender everything to him. And that's right after they gave me the court stamp on the document. And uh, and I was just like, oh, okay. So what I did is I just emailed it off to everybody today. And I yep. got it all together in 43 pages, all on one PDF file. Okay. So I just sent it off to everybody. But now, should I, what do you think I should do with the package? Should I send it off to Larry? Or should I send it to... Uh, just like send it to the sheriff's office. Yeah, we're going to get your, once we go back and send notice to the deputy attorney general saying, hey, a, an action has been brought against the crown for these particular reasons and these subject matters and these, you know, these, these evidences. Yeah. We need, we need you to be in court in 21 days or, or whatever time frame that the clerk is going to attach to this for you. But once you send the notice to the attorney general through the deputy attorney general that they're being sued, now you go back to the court and say, hey, look, clerk, here's my affidavit of service. Here's my proof saying that I have served the defendant and we're good to go. And that's yeah. when that's when the judge is going to get or that's when the clerk is going to set the court date. Now, now you're actually able to file more information into your court file. And if you that's if you want to put in the security with the coin, that's where you could do it because you sent it to the sheriff and the sheriff didn't want to deal with it. And again, uh, friends, keep in mind here we're having all kinds of mixed mixed results with with uh, the processes here. We're having 
some sheriffs send the coin back. We're having some sheriffs keep the coin, keep the paperwork. We're having some registrar generals keeping the paperwork, sending back the coin. We're having some yeah, registrar they, generals keeping everything. Like there's such a, a myriad of things going on, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because all we got to do is make sure the judge has possession of that security certificate. And like James proved the other, the other day, you literally could just walk into court with it and drop it right then and there. But as the plaintiff, we're going to set this up a little bit better. We're going to follow the rules a little bit cleaner. We're going to send the notice to the attorney general, like I said, going to get the court date properly, going to submit all of our evidences properly. And when we, you'll actually find that when we start doing things properly, the system actually starts to help us. It's no longer an obstacle. It's no longer a, a burden to overcome. No, like when we rolled in there and we got our stuff filed in a, into chancery there, that was that was an amazing experience. I actually kind of wish that we videotaped that, but uh, you know, I'm sure we're going to have a lot more opportunities to pull that off. So, so yeah. So yeah, don't send it to Larry because we're getting, we're getting letters back from Larry right now that says I, I, I'm not authorized to deal with this. So there you go. Okay. Okay. I'll send it off to the, Oh yeah. But one more thing. Yeah. The registrar wouldn't even sign the forms one through five and they wanted me to pay 40 bucks. So I go in with 40 bucks and uh and then the the woman that was i don't know maybe she was the head there she's like i've never seen anything like this and i said well it came out of your guys books i yeah. said so like uh you're telling me that you don't have a register on this building that can sign these forms yeah and yeah. She, she said ah oh, this is this is way beyond me okay and and this is and this is where we actually have to be a little bit patient i mean okay yeah, the system has known for a long time that we're coming forward and we're expressing equity and we're doing all this awesome stuff. However, there was still a process and, 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 a, and a time frame required where the system actually had to catch up to where we are. Um, again, remember, this mechanism has been sitting dormant for you know 120 years. No one's really done this stuff. So the clerks don't know very much. The lawyers don't know anything. The attorney generals know very little. But the judges do, which is why at the end of the day, this is so critical that we get our stuff before the judge. And again, keep in mind, I have seen it in their legislation where once you give this stuff to the reg or to the registrar properly, um, they will actually just process this without a special hearing. But keep in mind, the first few people through the gates, it's going to be a lot harder for us. We're, yeah. bur we're burdened with a lot more stuff. But once we're through once, then the wash, rinse, repeat factor will be a lot easier for everybody else. So, so at the end of the day, Bryce, yeah, man, you're in a good spot. Don't worry about it. We're going to get uh, that notice built up for you, sending that to the attorney general. Now we go back with it. Yeah. And now we go back with that affidavit and now they'll actually affix a court date for you. And don't worry about the forms one through five. Cause once the judge sees those, instead of the registrar signing off on it, you'll probably have the judge himself signing it. So you'll actually be in a better spot. Nice. Well, yeah, I, uh, I'm going to keep you updated. I'll let you know how it goes. I got like 5% battery on my phone, so I'm going to have to get off here. Yep, no problem. But, uh, uh, it was a good meeting tonight. Man, it's good to see you, and I can't wait to see you again. Yeah, I'll dude. Come up with James soon. And, for sure, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. You guys all have a good night. Okay, bro. Take to you. Talk to you soon, man. Love you lots, man. See you guys okay. soon. See all right, bro. dude. Okay. Anybody else want to fire one off? That's go ahead. We can do this for a few more minutes. I got no problem. So whoever wants to, I guess Nathan and maybe Nat there, we'll we'll give you guys a Hi, Darren. Uh, how's it going, man? 
Good, mate. Um, so I just wanted to confirm um, with the with the copy or with the original birth certificate that we get. Um, I know we have to send it uh, send it off to um, the lands, or we have to lodge it in lands and titles. Um, we also have to send it off to the Bureau of Statistics, but obviously we only have one birth certificate. Yeah. So the question I wanted to ask was. Would it work if we had that copy of the certificate or if we had a copy of, of the certificate with the consideration attached, notarized? Would that work? Um, at the end of the day, it might. But you know what? We still only really need the one original. We're probably going to get that brought before the judge. For I, So with the way I see this boiling down here, friends, is we're I'm gonna, we're going to stop sending it to the Registrar General. Because I think that was just a step that we can just say, hey, Your Honor, look, I did this and it didn't work. So that's why, Your Honor, we're here to deal with you. Um, so I'm, I'm going to throw this one at you, Nathan. Just, just maintain your original. We're going to get this evidence brought before a judge. And then we can tell the judge, hey, if you need to send copies of this or if you need to send a court order to those other departments like vital stats and all those other uh departments then your honor that's the trustee work i don't want to be doing that anymore I, my only requirement was that i had to show up into court with clean hands yep. perfected interests after that they will literally do everything for us so the hard part here is getting yeah so the hard part here is getting past the clerks but we're already starting to get past the clerks so that's you know we're We've pretty much got that one licked. Bryce, yeah, Bryce there the other day. Yeah, he he did a fantastic job too. He got his stuff stamped as well. So so yeah, we're right. uh, we're 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 making progress here, people. So it's working. So thanks, guys. Thank you so much. No problem, my friend. And again, Nathan, I'll help you with that stuff. Hey, like again, just go on your group. Hey, Darren, or hey, Jody, or hey, Kim, or whatever, just get our attention and uh, you know, I, start, start I actually um Oops, sorry, I, I sent you a message on the on the website, but I, I understand you're busy, so maybe that's why you haven't gotten back to me. But yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know what? I, I'm I'm I have a little bit more time now to get onto the website more often now that I know how to navigate it. Because again, remember, I've I am not the tech savvy guy in this group. I'm like probably yeah. the worst. So <laughs> you gotta cut me <laughs> a little so bit good. slack there. But but once I do, once that's I do so get it, I'll figure it out. Yeah, you guys like look out. You guys will get sick of me. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, no problem, my friend. So Annette, you want to fire one at us or? Thanks. Excuse my English because um, it's not my uh, mother tongue. Sure. Uh, I'm from Israel. I just wanted to ask to make sure. So if I have a court date, I will in advance send the birth certificate with the other documents yep. to them. And I only send it once. I don't send it also to another place, right? Nope. Just once. Just once. So even if the court is about something else, like uh, not wearing a mask or something like that. Yep. Yep. And when I, and when I get there, do I uh, I already sent it? So do I bring a copy with me when I get when I get there? Um, you know, I I don't think you have to do that. No, you're just gonna roll in. And what we're gonna do for you though is I touched on this the other night. Instead of just rolling in as the defendant, we're also gonna bring a claim as the plaintiff. So we're going we're gonna to get you all loaded up with good stuff too because that's a super powerful position to be in. When we're, when we're only showing up as the defendant, normally we're getting our butts kicked, even with some of this equity stuff. Like it's, I say we're having victories in court, but you know what? It's a still, it's a still tough go. Whereas when we come as the plaintiff, bringing the jurisdiction properly, nothing can stop us, nothing can get in our way, and it'll be much, much easier. That process, that you bringing a claim as the plaintiff will actually get rid of 
anybody bringing a claim against you. So it's actually a defense, but you're actually coming forward as the plaintiff. It's kind of a weird twist to it, but essentially that's what you, that's what you'll be doing. And I actually recommend that that we kind of do that. That should be something that we're looking at as a, as a, as a, a fundamental process. Is as soon as someone brings a claim against you, oh yeah, well here's my priority claim against you, Your Honor. Who's got priority here? That's all it's literally going to say. How and simple then, is that? Yeah. And as soon as you have priority, <laughs> you win. Yeah, and what what we are dealing here is the. We keep asking ourselves here about the language right. because we, everything is in Hebrew. Yes. What we were thinking to do is to use the English documents because also this is a country that speaks also English. Okay. Use the English documents and speak yep. in Hebrew. Do you sure. think that's something? Yeah. Because yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And again, if the judges have a problem with that, they can worry about it. Yep. Okay. And yep. then... Do you that the, the equity does it work all over the world? All over the world. I I'm even gonna, I'm going to throw it out there that equity works off this world. Okay. It, it, it's universal. It it's everywhere. Um, yeah, it'll work on Mars. So the system uh, exists here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and last thing about exactly how to talk to the judge, like what to say, what not to say, because we don't want to fall like in the wrong words. Sure. Um, is there a place that you can direct me where I can yeah. see to coach yeah. us how yeah. to do it? Sure. As a, yeah, as a matter of fact, Annette, I will, um, the group that you're on for the Divergence platform, I'll find that group with you guys and I'll just go throw a whole bunch of stuff up there. And you guys can just literally pick through and say, oh, I like this. I like this. I like this. Oh, I don't like that. Whatever, whatever resonates with you. And I'll throw a bunch up there and you won't, don't, don't think that you would have to use all of it. No, no. Just pick two or three or four of them and then just repeat them. That's really literally all you have to do. And right. as some of the other people that were, uh, have been going to court here recently, uh, you know, James and Joshua and, you know, several others here, they're actually being attestable or they're actually proving just how effective this stuff really can be. Even though you snow out, you show up in that sneak attack position, it's still actually providing some pretty neat fruit where James's story was that the judge adjourned it for a month and basically gave him some specific instructions to come back and do and say some very specific things. That's actually going to be very helpful. Um, I'm going to put some twists on it, but yeah, uh, don't, don't worry. I'll, I'll provide some of those scripts and they're not going to be long paragraph style answers. No, no. They're going to be like a sentence or two. That's it. So they're very easy to roll off your tongue or, you know, don't be afraid if you're up in court and you're reading the odd thing, you know, psh, that's okay. Equity doesn't care. Equity doesn't care that you're not at my level or the people above me. No, the judges don't care. The fact that you showed up and you try, that's all they need to see. That's it. Yeah. Even, even on the most basic level of yep. speaking about uh, yeah, our, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. our name uh, yeah. and everything. Yeah. And As a matter of fact, yeah, as a matter of fact, equity is for those who actually don't know very much. It's for the, the widows and the fatherless and the meek and the starving and the poverty-stricken people. That's actually who equity is for. The simple man and woman who didn't go to law school for seven years. Nope. Right. So, yeah, I'll, I'll help crank out some scripts for you like that. We'll, we'll interact right. on the groups there. You can, you know, we'll just 
We'll get this ball spinning. And that's type of, that's some of the stuff that I'm suggesting. I might be be able to be in a position where I could actually live stream while I'm doing some of that stuff. If our servers can handle it. I mean, we're going to, I'll try uh, and we'll do the best we can. And again, this is where, this is where the things like the donations come in. I mean, we're doing everything we can to provide in front of uh, the costs of all this stuff. So here's an example. If we had the best servers in the world, we could do so much stuff that our servers would never crash. And now, you know, we could be doing uh, all this incredible stuff, but I, I don't have the funding yet to provide you guys with the best of the best. So it's kind of a, you help us so we can help you type of scenario. And again, that's, I'm leaving that up to everybody because I do know, thanks to Jody here, she's explained to me what the karmic debt means. Because actually back in the day, I used to disagree with Dean charging people to go provide all this information. And I, I basically presented that to Jody. And as I told her how the type of guy I am, and I can't be paid for my service here for others. And then Jody's telling me, yeah, but if you're providing that for people, they need to be able to provide something back. Otherwise, there's this weird karmic debt that's created, and then you will actually owe us. And it's like, well, I have no ability to pay it. And off. I have no ability to pay it off because if I say no, I'm not going to accept any donations or any help or any relief. That I and I actually understand it better now that she's explained it. That that's probably not in keeping with balance the way I was trying to present it. So again, there's no pressure on anybody. I mean, I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing. All I'm suggesting is I can do more if I had more, or sorry, we will can do more if we had more. Because I know this thing's going to explode. This is going to go so big. You're dealing with one of the handful of guys who helped start this whole thing. So who has probably the greatest set of credentials in this entire truth movement other than Dean and I and a handful of other guys. It's us. No one is more committed to this stuff than us. No one's going to see this stuff through to the very end, except us or, you know, people that we're helping to put through because that's just the universal way that this is going to unfold. And I want this to be as big and explosive and as, you know, as, 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 as giving as it can be. And I'm, like I said, I'm never going to stop. So, so there you go. And on that note, we're actually looking for people that can help us. So if you are versed in this and you understand equity and can maybe help us address some of our emails, I know I'm in the newbie group. I was going to actually address it to the advanced. But if you feel that you are competent and able to help us in any way, like I said, our inbox is out of control right now. I'm doing my best and <laughs> trying to navigate all of this. But again, the more videos we put up, the more questions that we're having and personal experiences of people that are needing to help, like our help. So absolutely, if you know of someone or you know you feel the calling, please reach out to us and we'd love to work with you. Yeah, for sure. Excellent. Okay, so we have a question. I have a Canadian birth certificate in Alberta and I'm living in Australia as a permanent resident. I do not currently have any court cases. How do I perfect my interests? Exact same way we're talking about. Take that little blurb that we wrote in red, scribble that on the birth certificate, add the one piece of legislation, attach the coin, and then I'll help you develop a motion to go to court that says, hey, your honor, I'm attempting to recover on a security certificate. That's all it's going to say. And what are the grounds? Well, I'm in possession of it, but I have assigned the security interest to a new debtor. And your honor, I require your honorable office to balance the equities and generate a certificate of title or a court order of the rights of the parties who has priority. That's literally all it's going to say. 
Um, we have a question about, can we set up a crypto link for our donations? We are actually working on that right now. We actually want to make our own crypto, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a little bit down the road. But um, for right now, all we can do is just the PayPal. And uh, if you go on there, you'll see there's lots of ways that you can donate. And again, it's it's graciously accepted because we're, we're completely using that to be able to build this and, and stretch this out further. So... Ah, okay, so who's got their hand up here? Let's deal with um, Samantha. Absolutely, how about you un unmute yourself? Oh my God, thank you so much. I just oh. found you guys a couple of days ago on a, I think someone posted you on a Warrior Calls oh, Telegram okay. channel. So I'm not gonna go into all the darkness. It's been a really tough winter with this whole vid you know, everything going on. And literally about uh, 10, nine years ago or eight years ago, I heard this whisper in meditation because I also work with people and heart opening and integrating pain and all that. So I'm sorry. I already, Dean, what the beautiful Jody, Jody, is that your name? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, when you were talking about heart and the Bible and I was like, who are these people? And <laughs> And the whisper was, cut the ties that bind, leave the rest behind, and follow the divine. Wow. And I've kept that with me since 2011. Wow. You guys have given me so much hope. Like, wow. you are a glimmer in the darkness. Uh, thank you. <laughs> so anything we can do to help. We're in the Lower Mainland, so whoever's on this call, we live in Vancouver. We're not working right now because of the situation um for 20 years 20 years ago someone introduced me to detox and this whole thing and it just remained in the back of my mind and i could never do anything with it yeah. and the last few years i've been feeling so weary i'm like how can i get out of this fucking system excuse yeah. my life yeah oh yeah yep so I'm going to wait for docs. I don't have any court pending, but I do have Transport Canada investigating me because Air Canada complained about me not properly wearing a mask. I was tormented sure. and threatened by the police. It was a whole thing. Sure. Anyway, uh, but I'm sure I'll be getting a $5,000 ticket or something. So yeah. yeah, we can help with that. Don't worry. Yeah. And I'm just going to wait for the documents, but, um, my question is, when do you guys think you'll be able to access your consolidated revenue funds? Like, I know you've, I just want to confirm, you've perfected your birth certificate, correct? Yeah, is correct. So, yeah, so we have Jody and Tamara here, you know, two loved ones that are, they've got their chancery listing court motions in. Now it's just a matter of establishing a court hearing date. That happens as soon as we send notice to the attorney general saying, hey, you got to show up in court for this special matter. That will probably happen 21 days after we go back to court. I'm working on those documents right now. So really, at the end of the day here, I could pretty comfortably say that inside 30 days from today, we're going to know some serious stuff. Because once we get into that courtroom, that will be the defining moment. There's nothing the judge can throw at me that I can't deal with on the spot to make this thing go through. And as soon as the judge approves it, you're literally going to walk out of that courtroom with access to your estate. So you'll get an you'll get an agent and all that to yep. you know yep. a representative to yep. help you. Where did you Good guys job. go? Yep. You guys there? I can't uh, see yep. anymore. Oh, there you are. <laughs> okay. And then um, I know you've answered this before, but 
my husband is a permanent resident of Canada uh, and his origin of country is Greece. Okay. No, yep. No problem. Um, Greece. But yeah. I'd prefer to start it for me. I'm a Canadian citizen, so I'm going to get it started here. Sure. Yeah. But he just has a PR. Okay. So, yep, so I guess he'll have to do it over there. Um, yeah, you know what? I'll I'll do a little bit digging on a little more digging on all that. But again, I'm still I'm still convinced that if the if the original province or the state that birthed you operates on the birth certificate system, that it's going to be the same throughout the Commonwealth and the greater world, and you'll literally be able to roll into the province where you are in British Columbia here and, and affect your husband's situation locally. Got it. Yep. And one more question, because we've been having like uh, hardships. I mean, everyone's having hardships. Um, we, we are in transition in the next maybe six months to be leaving the country and going to Greece. Okay. So we started liquidating everything. So I found you guys two okay. days after we accepted an offer on our house. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, no, it was two days before. And I'm like, I found these guys two days before watch an offer is going to come in. And I had this thing saying, I probably, we probably didn't even need to sell the house. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah. then I thought if I have, if we have access to doing good, then we can just be the users of yeah. something. I don't okay. want to own it anymore. I don't want the headache. That's right. Nope. You got it's it. It's easier. Yeah. You got it. That's how this <laughs> works. Easier. Yep. Anyway, I just really wanted to say thank you. Um, you have given a light to darkness. Thank you. Anything you need, like my name is Samantha. I'm Samantha on your website. We're in the lower mainland. My husband is a handyman. If you guys need any help, if there's any way we can help you, oh, I know you. you're overwhelmed with emails. I'm not versed in, in equity yet because I literally found you like five days ago so I'm trying to awesome, watch awesome. everything i can and spread the word thank you but, and please join our bc chapter samantha because what's going to yeah, happen i did okay. yeah i did so I anything did. that we're trying to formulate, if we're trying to bring a team together of leaders in BC, I'm going to be putting it out to specific groups to be able to grab my leaders. And then we're going to create a Zoom meeting with them to be able to build that chapter so that they're self-sustaining. And then we're going to move on to the next one. So that's our whole concept. So if you'd like to be yeah. among that and fill a role where you can and where your attributes are. Yeah, absolutely. We welcome it. And you so. know, Darren and Jody, what you guys talk about, like nuggets through the years of 20 years of like this and that. I had a friend of mine just a couple of weeks ago who's verse, he's in finance and he's like, yeah, don't you know we're enslaved? We've been talking about it. And he's like, I've known about this stuff 15 years ago, but it's really difficult. Anyway, he said, don't you know the CRA, the taxation, it's, it says right on there, it's a voluntary system. It is. Isn't that wild? Once you start learning the language and start looking for the stuff, you just tune into it. And yeah. it's like, it was right in front of our faces. That's yeah. the worst. <laughs> but, but what I've been asking God and divinity is, okay, I, I see this. I've seen it. How can we exit? Like, there's got to be a question. So obviously, that's how I found you guys. Yeah. Law right. of attraction. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, Samantha. We Thank feel you. Love. I'm looking forward to next Tuesday and whatever else is coming. Thank awesome. you. Absolutely. Awesome. Stay tuned. Thank okay. you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Heather. Darren and Jody. Yeah. I, I did take my hand down, but uh, can I ask a quick 
Of course. Yeah, man, give her. Okay. You know who John D. Rook is, I'm sure. Justice Rook, I sure do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he has, as you probably might guess, and who knows, you and Dean and me may share this, Alan Bosley. I am, according to him, a domestic terrorist and a vexatious litigant. Yep. So you didn't, I don't know if you knew that about me, but. Yeah, we yeah, that we <laughs> okay. In any case, in and do we have that in common by by any chance? Absolutely. Uh, Dean and I are number one and two on that list. <laughs> oh, well, okay. I guess I'm number six or ten or who knows what. <laughs> but in no any problem. case, my my question is: since he has decreed that I may not go into his court or any court, uh, and that's been extended to the federal court system as well. Although I don't need that system. How do I go about, and of course, you know what the RG told me, he basically denied everything. I think possibly he was just ignorant. He, maybe he actually doesn't know how, since it's looking like, according to everything, there's now eight videos. I've watched them all, including mine. And we're going to make another one tomorrow. Yay. Yeah. Uh, But, um, how do I get around that? Okay, so Justice Justice Rook is is um, expressing himself to you as the fiction. As soon as Justice Rook sees evidence brought before him that you have perfected your interests, you are no longer seen as that debtor. He's he's publicly speaking to debtors around the world when he did Meads versus Meads. That's what he was talking to. Now Meads versus Meads actually has some some important. Uh, criteria in it that actually helps us get out of the system. And here's another one. In order to affect our equitable defenses, another avenue that we should be considering is we actually make application for leave, as in leaving the military base. Dean has actually gotten uh, court, uh, lots of court documents back where and Mr. Clifford's not allowed to be in the courtroom or represent anybody and blah, 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 unless he's made application for leave. That's going to be a critical component for escaping the matrix. Ah, he's using legalese when he says leave. Yes. Oh, my God. I didn't even. Fred, you moron. <laughs> oh, staring so. me in the face. So as soon as we apply for leave, that opens the door to something else. And the something else is, ha, 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 look at my equities. Oh. <laughs> um, Don't I feel like a more, okay, okay, you can give me crap tomorrow, which I'm sure you will. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> okay, I yield. Thank okay, you. No. <laughs> that was embarrassing. Okay, are you, you, you want to close out with some piano goodness or what? Uh, no one else has any questions? Uh, we do, but if you have another one, fire away and... Uh... No, I mean, no one else has any... Oh, okay, so you yeah, want me to... got lots of questions here, but if you got one more, we'll, we'll give you another opportunity. Are you saying play? Oh, no, no, we don't want you to play your music yet. Not quite. No, we got a couple more questions. That's <laughs> okay. okay. That's what I was, I was oh, like. You're so oh, okay. oh, you're going to like sing us off. Oh, you're so cute. Okay. <laughs> okay, so how about we go with Kenneth then? Absolutely. You've been waiting here patiently. Thank you. And then we'll do Tony. Yes. Um, just, you said about before about being in, uh, putting your birth certificate in that with this coin in the country you're in, but not the country you're born from. Say you're in a, uh, 
a country that's known for taking bribes in courthouses and things like that, can you trust them to be honourable? Uh, you know what? I'm thinking we're going to find out when we try. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've seen more uh, proof that they are more honourable than dishonourable. Again, when we were rolling into court as debtors and sinners and bad stuff, we should have expected to have been treated like garbage because we were actually acting like garbage. Once you come with perfected interests, clean hands, and a little bit of knowledge of equity, guess what happens? The entire judicial system switches. So they can actually treat us like crap when we have nothing perfected, and that's actually to be expected. Mac was right when he said that it's all about changing your status. Oh, it's huge. It's everything. It's everything. Yep. And even like even Jackie, when she uh, pulled off some stuff here with her her uh, court appearance there the other day, she stood her ground. The, the judge actually threatened to arrest or you know issue a warrant for her arrest. It wasn't until the judge came back the third time and Jackie still stood her ground that the judge started to soften up and say, "Okay, I'll give you a bit of a shot." And J Jackie, do you want to share your story with us at all? Where is she? Oh, there she is. Yeah. Nothing like being put on the spot. Thank you. I know. Sometimes it's the best thing to do, though. <laughs> uh, firstly, can I just double check with Darren that thing I sent through? Is that what you want? Yeah, that was Beautiful. perfect. Yep. I thought that might have been getting me back into the system, but I thought, well, I, I just can't be arrested today. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. No, you did really good. Yeah. But yeah, no. Holy, holy crap. Like, for anyone sitting on the sideline thinking this is going to be a walk in the park, it's you're gonna yep. everything inside you is going to come out, and you're going to put your big girl pants on and just do what James said and like deflect everything that they say. Yep. And yet, like three times, um, I had to explain myself, and the the second time, yeah, he did come back in the third time and you're going to be having a warrant for your arrest. And I'm like, oh, my God, do I now change my mind? And I'm like, no. And then I've got James in my ear going, no. And I'm like, well, I can't let James and Darren down. <laughs> <laughs> I walked in the third time and there was two police officers ready waiting for me. Prosecutor brought them in and I'm like, righto, poke face, we're, we're getting on with this job. Yep. And... The, the judge had that abatement in his hand and I think that was the cornerstone for my case because he actually started talking to me like a person, not a person, but me. Yep. yep. Um, he was going he was going through like his competency questions and stuff like that and I'm thinking, oh, okay, I don't know what's going on here, but it must be good because he's not yelling at me. Yeah, there you anyway, go. So we got adjournment. And yeah, hopefully I'll need help. So I'm not like sneak attacking this time. No problem. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'll help you with all that. No problem. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Congratulations on, on, on having the fortitude and the courage there, Jackie, to do that. Yeah. Cause again, that is the hardest part and it, it will, it'll test you right to the core. Mm -hmm. But again, you're walking proof now that it can be done. Yep, absolutely. It can be done. And if you want it bad enough, it will be done. Yep. There you go. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Thank welcome. you for sharing your story, Jackie. Wow. No worries. Thank you. So I think we'll end it here, friends and loved ones. And I think, uh, again, look forward to the next one. Uh, jot down your questions. 
I'll start taking pokes at them throughout the week. And then we'll even go over them again next meeting. And uh, yeah, stay vigilant, stay strong, right? Strength and honor. That's where this is all at. So love to all of you guys and appreciate all your effort and where this is all heading. And, you know, none of us are giving up and, uh, you know, we love you all. So. And again, thank you. Jumping in on the chat. Thank you, Serena. Thank you, Krista. Um, anybody that was jumping in and answering questions for us that, uh, again, thanks for being in our corner. So, all right, you guys. So again, I'll have this video up shortly so you guys can listen to it and we're gonna have those documents up and yeah, stay tuned for some more updates. Okay. And next video, we're starting with Tony's question. Yes. <laughs> we promise, Tony, I won't forget. <laughs> Excellent. We'll see you guys all Tuesday if you join us. Okay, Take care, thank everyone. You, everyone. Thank you. Thanks, Heath, guys. Absolutely. Take us out, Brad. <laughs> all right. Very good. Bye, love you. Okay. For the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> bye, bye, now.